The meeting of the Broward County Commission is about to begin. Will all audience members please silence your cell phones? For those viewing from home or on mobile devices, thank you for watching. To stay informed about Broward County government, please visit Broward.org or follow us on social media. County Commission meetings are open to the public. Members of the public wishing to be heard on any agenda item can register one of two ways. Visit registertospeak.broward.org and fill out the online registration form. Or scan the QR code posted in various locations inside and just outside the Commission chambers to register on your mobile device. A registration form must be completed for each item you wish to speak on. If you have trouble registering digitally, visit County Administration on the fourth floor for assistance. All speakers must appear in person. No further speaker signups will be accepted after an item has been called. Please show respect for others and refrain from making impertinent, slanderous remarks or personal attacks. Boisterous behavior, including applause, booing, and cheering is not permitted. Thank you for joining us. The meeting will begin shortly.
Good morning, everybody. Do we have five? One, two, three, four, five. We're good to go. Good morning, everybody. This is the Broward County Board of County Commissioners meeting of Tuesday, September 20th, 2022. Uh, if everyone please rise for the Pledge of Allegiance, and I'm going to ask our friends from Feeding South Florida to step forward and lead us in the pledge. Step forward to the podium, and you can lead us in the Pledge of Allegiance. Ready? Begin. I pledge allegiance, I pledge allegiance to, the to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thank you so much. You'll, we'll hear more about them in a little while, but I wanted them to lead us with the pledge. Uh, please remain standing. Ladies and gentlemen, it is customary that we observe a moment of silence in honor of notable persons from our community who have recently passed. I'm going to start on this side, Commissioner Bogan, Senator Geller. Vice Mayor. I do. Thank you, Mayor. Um, just want to recognize the passing of uh, Andy Biglione. Andy was, um, he was the Boy Scouts in Broward County. And Andy had to be uh, with his Lord. And just want to pray for his family and uh, also the Boy Scouts and all he accomplished throughout those years. Uh, he'll be truly missed. Thank you. Thank you. Senator Rich. Just, uh, just want us to keep in mind our Puerto Rican neighbors. They're having a Tough time of it right now. Yep, and we're going to have a little more on that later, too. Yep, so I know. thank you. Uh, let us also honor the brave men and women who have served and continue to serve in our armed forces, both here and abroad, and thank them for their service. And with that, let's take a moment of silence. Thank you. Please take your seats. Welcome to the September 20th, 2022 Commission meeting. Thank you for joining us today. For everyone in attendance, please be advised that item number 67 is set for a time certain at 10.30 this morning. So we'll stop what we're doing and we will uh, do 67 at 10.30. And also for people here, please be advised that the budget hearing, the second budget hearing, will begin today at 5 1 p.m. That will be back in this chambers at 5.01 p.m. We will have our uh, second budget hearing. Today, we want to thank Commissioner Beam Fur for the uh, commission breakfast in the back. And our music today, while it said it was brought by Commissioner Fur, we know it was brought by Adelma from Commissioner Fur's office in honor <laughs> of Hispanic Heritage Month. Correct. So the song. I was going to pick La Bamba, but. Right, okay. So the songs were Dos Araguitas by Sebastian Yatra. Araguitas. Dos Araguitas. Is that right, Monica? Dos Araguitas. Araguitas. Close enough. Better, Close than, enough. better than the airport speech, so Close it's even enough. better, okay. And, and Big Country by Bella Fleck and the Fleckstones. Okay. A little thematic there. I do my best. Yeah. All right, we have a couple proclamations, and the first one is Commissioner Beam Farr. If you will step forward, sir, and you're going to be met at the podium by Dr. Ram 
Tiwari of the World Hindu Council and its honor of Hindu Heritage Month. Thank you, Mayor. Um, it is my pleasure today to be able to honor uh, Dr. Ram Tawaro and oh, why don't you guys come up as well. We have a lot of people here um, to uh, celebrate Hindu um, Month, Heritage Month, and we're kind of thematic here today with the, with our uh, Hispanic Heritage Month as well, uh, doing big country on music, and now we're doing Hindu Heritage Month, so this is great. Um, do want to especially thank you for being here and helping on the writing of this. Uh, Dr. Tawari was also the solid waste director for Pembroke Pines. So I think I had that right, right? So he's been a, a, a lot of help on a lot of things we've been doing uh, throughout the county. So with that, let me read this. Um, Whereas Broward County, Florida, the, uh, and the nation have been influenced by the extraordinary cultural, ethnic, linguistic, and religious diversity of its residents, and whereas Hinduism is the third largest religion in the world, with more than one billion followers worldwide, representing 15% of the global population, and approximately four, four million Hindu Americans live across this nation. And Broward County is home to a significant Hindu American population representing diverse ethnic backgrounds. And whereas Broward County and our nation have greatly benefited from Hindu American contributions, especially through the Dharmic philosophy, Ayurvedic medicine, classical Indian art, dance, music, meditation, yoga, I did my yoga today, literature and community service, and whereas ahimsa, did I say that right? Yes. Okay, non-injury or non-violence, a central principle for Hinduism provides the ethical foundation for vegetarianism, environmentalism, and harmonious living. World-renowned Mahatma Gandhi employed non-violent resistance to lead the successful campaign for India's independence from British rule and to later inspire movements for civil rights and freedom across the world. And whereas Hindu Americans promote the ideals of tolerance, pluralism, and religious freedom, which are inherent to their beliefs and respect for the diversity of all faiths, and whereas Hindu phobia is defined as a set of antagonistic and destructive and derogatory attitudes and behavior towards Hindus that may manifest as prejudice, fear, or ha hatred is increasing in the USA, as per the FBI, especially on college campus campuses in parallel with the media. And whereas sharing the entrepreneurial spirit of America, Hindu Americans have also contributed to many of Broward County's economic sectors and have particularly excelled in the areas of education, business, law, politics, information technology, medicine, and science, thereby contributing to Broward County's economic vitality, growth, and well-being. And whereas during the month of October 2022, the Hindu American community across Broward County and across, uh, and across our great nation will collectively celebrate its heritage by focusing on its culture and the diverse spiritual traditions rooted in Hinduism. And whereas the multicultural people of Broward County have a great tradition of celebrating significant milestones and events of historical importance, therefore, we are proud to join with our fellow Hindu American citizens throughout Broward County and beyond as they celebrate Hindu Heritage Month. Now, therefore, be it proclaimed by the Board of County Commissioners of Broward County, Florida, the month of October 22, as Hindu Heritage Month in Broward County, and encourage all residents to take time to recognize, participate, and celebrate this special month uh, signed by our mayor, Michael Udine. And with that, I'm going to turn it over to uh, Dr. Tuar. Thank you. You're welcome.
honorable mayor, vice mayor, and commissioners, county attorney, county administrator. It is, we are really pleased and happy to receive this proclamation. And let me introduce Badri Narayan, a businessman, Raj Verma, public works official, Dr. Kusuma, plastic surgeon, Piyush Agarwal, he has many titles. He is ex-president of American Indians in USA. Farida Rajkumar, NetHP, she's trying to get all Caribbean Hindus and all Hindus together. So her organization, NetHP, is doing that job. To begin with, my name is Ram Tiwari, and I have been living in Broward County since 1988. So I also work for the Broward County 23 years, I retired in 2012, and I was director of Solid Waste, and uh, so it is a great pleasure for me to be here again in front of the county commission. I thank you, Mayor, and also we celebrated 75th Independence Day on August 15th at Gandhi Square in town of Davie, wherein Commissioner Steve Geller he presented a proclamation on India Independence Day. Again, we thank you, Mayor, and thank you, Commissioner. Because of today being a work day, I have only few people here. Otherwise, more people wanted to come and join. So, but I hope I have given a big spectrum of the Hindu people here in Broward County. Year 2022, marks the 129th anniversary of Hinduism. It was officially introduced in USA by Swami Vivekananda in 1893, World Parliament Religions in Chicago. So 120. There are, as has been said by the commissioner, we are about 4 million people. And we are happy that at least county is recognizing by doing the proclamation. For Hindus, it has been an incredible journey. For 12,000 plus years, and years of continuous civilization, and Sanatan Dharma, commonly referred to as Hinduism, that taught us great virtues of freedom, equality, tolerance, acceptance, and assimilation. You will appreciate that these humanistic principles are enshrined in the constitutions of both USA and India, the strongest and largest democracies of the world. India is also world's fifth largest economy and third largest by purchasing power. Our cultural values are education. We stress upon education. Hard work and perseverance, Hindus are working in every field and excelling I am proud to say that 45 companies in USA, they have Indian CEOs, including Microsoft and others, 45. So we are proud of that. But it is because of our Hindu tradition and education we have been able to achieve that. I have given a book to each one of you. Hopefully, you will, have a, you will glance through it and know more about Hinduism. Hindus believe it inclusion and pluralism, ahinsa, nonviolence, as 
Commissioner Beam first said, reverence for knowledge and the guru. We respect our guru, the teacher, because teacher is going to mold your career. So we give a lot of respect to the teachers. Closed it and a stable family. We, we are proud of that. Our families are together. Even sometimes you see two or three generations are living together in the same house. And seva and charity. So these are basic concepts. And hopefully, because of that, we have been successful in every field wherever we ventured into it. This book, which is Hindu culture and Dharmic tradition, please go through it. Also, we celebrate a lot of festivals, and to name few, Diwali or Deepavali, which we celebrate every year. And uh, I welcome you to come to South Florida Hindu Temple or wherever temple is dear to you and participate, because that's the idea that we, our festivals have a lot of philosophy behind them. We even pray for everyone. When we pray, if you come to our temple, we pray for everyone. We say, Sarve Bhavantu Sukhina. So we are not discriminating that only Hindus, whosoever is there, we say, let them all be happy and healthy. Also, we pray, Tamsoma Jyotirgamaya. Please take me from darkness to the light, and that we. So these are few slogans and sloka, as we call them. And they are basically in Sanskrit, but they are all towards equality and inclusion. You did it in 2021, our proclamation. You did it in 2022. And I hope in 2023, we have a resolution from the Broward County, and that on Hindu Heritage Month of October. Thank you very much, and uh, thank you for thank you. giving this proclamation and acknowledging us. Namaste. 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 Thank, you. Thank, you. thank you. Thank you, Doctor. Thank you. Can we get these? Okay, we're going to do a picture. It's going to be hard to do a picture right there. But yeah. I think we can. We can do it. Yeah, we'll take it. Oops. Starting on the, is it your right? So you're going to look at him first, and then we'll go this way. Okay, Kim. And here. Thank you. Okay, so a little out of order. I'm going to do the next one. But before I do the next one, um, 
which is on uh, you know emergency an emergency management based. I just wanted to let everybody know and bring this up. Uh, Commissioner Ferrard mentioned this in his comments. Today through Friday, October 14th, anyone Broward County payroll can, re can request a one-time payroll deduction of cash or annual leave time to help victims of Hurricane Fiona, which has devastated communities in Puerto Rico and the Dominican Republic. Uh, our Broward County employees have a proud history of giving generously to help those in need locally, nationally, and even internationally. To participate, uh, simply con complete the payroll deduction authorization form and forward it to payroll at Broward.gov no later than Friday, October 14th. Many of our county employees have friends, family, and close ties to Puerto Rico and or the Dominican Republic. Please open your hearts and consider contributing any amount. Thank you so much, and Mayor, we're going to do this next. Mary, right here, Mayor. Yeah. Can, can I fill out that form on, and use someone else's, like use Monica's yes, salary can, for that? Can, yeah, exactly. I appreciate, uh, perfect. Um, okay, so our next proclamation is uh, National Preparedness Month, and I'm going to invite up Tracy Jackson uh, from Broward County Emergency and Robert Molita, the Warning Coordinator and Meteorologist from the National Weather Service. Whereas natural or human-caused emergencies can happen unexpectedly in our community, whereas emergency preparedness is the responsibility of every Broward resident, and we can all take simple steps prior to a potential disaster to help prepare ourselves and our communities, whereas steps to prepare many may include creating an emergency supply kit, developing a family emergency plan, and staying informed through Broward.org and county social media. Whereas Broward County community members who are prepared to meet any emergencies or disasters can be a positive influence on their neighbors by sharing their preparedness story and encouraging friends, family, and coworkers to be prepared. Whereas Broward County emergency management supports a wide range of preparedness activities and par with partners such as the National Weather Service. Whereas Broward County has received the storm ready distinction from the National Weather Service for its efforts to prepare for extreme weather events, now therefore be it proclaimed by the Board of County Commissioners that the Board hereby designates September as National Preparedness Month in Broward County and encourages all residents to join the Florida Division of Emergency Management and Broward's Emergency Management Division in Preparedness Experts. And I'm going to give you this proclamation and thank you for all that you do, Tracy, too, for the county, and appreciate it. Thank, thank you very much. Mr. Mayor, thank you very much. Uh, Board of Commissioners and staff, thank you very much. Uh, you know, I always say in these meetings, it's, a, it's usually not good news when a meteorologist comes out to, to the community. You know, it's usually some kind of weather event going on or maybe uh, expected or just had just passed. However, it's always great to be a part of these because it really uh, it exemplifies the fine work that uh, Broward County has done over the years, over many years, 
in order to ensure that it's uh, residents, visitors, everybody who works you know, here is prepared and safe from weather disasters. We can't stop weather uh, disasters from happening, but we can certainly do everything possible to mitigate uh, those impacts. And I think you know, the proclamation uh, really hit that perfectly. And, you know, I want to acknowledge uh, Tracy Jackson here, the, uh, the director of the emergency management uh, department here in Broward County. We're, we're great partners. We work together for, you know, for, for many years, especially you know, during our more recent weather events uh, back in 20, uh, if, I, if I'm a year correct, 2019, Hurricane Dorian, right? It was 2019, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, you know, didn't hit us, fortunately, but, you know, it was certainly enough of a threat that uh, we needed to maintain very close contact. So, you know, we had a, one of our meteorologists was there at the EOC and, uh, you know, that, that, that level of communication, but most of all, the level of partnership and trust, I think, is, uh, is invaluable. And we really appreciate the fine work that, that you and your staff do every single day. Uh, the trust that you have in us, and also we've learned, you know, we've learned a lot from, from you all when it comes to, you know, the things that, that we need to do as a community and, and, and the information that we need to provide in order to help you make those critical decisions to keep us all safe. So uh, this proclamation is great timing because just this, just the, this, this summer, uh, the county uh, for, I think it's the sixth or seventh time, renewed its storm ready designation which was originally designated back in 2003 so this is a uh, you know it's been you know almost 20 years now so i want to take this opportunity to present uh present the mayor and tracy with well we have a letter of a recognition and also this uh certificate here which basically is for storm ready community presented to broward county for improving the timeliness and effectiveness of hazardous weather warnings through diligent and proactive approach of increased communication and preparedness. So that's, you know, with that, we recognize Broward County as once again renewing its storm ready designation for four more years. Excellent. Thank you very much. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. but certainly not least the reason that we're all in orange today uh, is Commissioner Moskowitz will present a proclamation for hunger awareness month go orange day day and that's going to be presented to Mr. Stuart Hanif the VP of philanthropy at feeding South Florida so Commissioner Moskowitz
Thank you, Mayor. Uh, whereas in Broward County, approximately 210, 540, or 10.8% of the county's population does not know where their next meal will come from. Sadly, an estimated 79,620 children go to bed hungry every night. And whereas an estimated 29% of the food insecure population in Broward County does not qualify for the SNAP food program and must rely on emergency assistance. And whereas Feeding South Florida in partnership with Broward County are now participating in a nationwide initiative throughout September and October dedicated to raising awareness about hunger and motivating people to take action. And whereas on this day we recognize Hunger Action Month and Go Orange Day by wearing orange to bring awareness to hunger here in Broward County and throughout America. That's why I have orange sneakers on, which many of you may not have known existed. Whereas Hunger Action Month and Go Orange Day provides opportunities for communities and individuals to engage and sponsor local activities such as fundraising, food collection, social media promotions, volunteering, to have a lasting impact on ending hunger in South Florida. And whereas as individuals, businesses, and government, we can all do uh, at least one thing every day to get more food to those who need it in our community. And whereas Broward County donates food through our year-round 365 food donation program and have distributed thousands of pounds of food to a variety of organizations countywide for more than a decade. And whereas Feeding South Florida is the leading domestic hunger relief organization in South Florida, providing food through several food distribution events during this pandemic. And whereas in Broward County, we will host a special Hunger Awareness Month Go Orange Food Drive to collect food through through September and October, with our collections being donated to Feeding South Florida. Now, therefore, be it proclaimed by the Board of County Commissioners of Broward County that the Board hereby designates September 22nd as Hunger Action Month and Tuesday, September 20th, 2022, as Go Orange Day in Broward County, Florida, to bring awareness to the issue of hunger and encourage everyone to join Feeding South Florida as we end hunger one bite at a time. And I just want to say one more thing about uh, feeding South Florida. Uh, whether it's during a hurricane uh, where they hand out bottled water to people or whether it was during the pandemic uh, when we, were, we had you know, lines around the corner giving out food boxes, uh, feeding South Florida is a tremendous partner to uh, the state of Florida. So thank you. Excellent. Well, first and foremost, all of this orange makes my heart smile so thank you so much for your support and for going orange you know people ask about why we go orange it's to raise awareness visibility and dollars around the issue of food insecurity as you mentioned in this beautiful proclamation 10 percent of the population in Broward County of our adult population are food insecure and even more startling 19 percent of children have to go to bed hungry and don't know where the next meal is coming from we are here to change that, and partnerships like this elevate and raise our voice, raise support, and raise engagement for our community. And we want to thank you so much for that. You know, it's amazing that you do a food drive that's 365 days a year, because the challenge with hunger is it's not seasonal. Coming up in Thanksgiving and Christmas, everywhere we go, we'll see food drives, we'll see bins, set an extra place at the table. The problem is, though, for those 210,000 adults and 90,000 children, they're hungry every day. They're not just hungry in November and December. So a raising awareness and your support in food drives and in financial support and just elevating this message is critical for us. 
we continue to do what we do because of wonderful partnerships like that. And for those of you that didn't know, while we serve all four counties, our actual food bank is located in Broward, in Pembroke Park. So we thank you all so much. Continue to wear orange. Hunger Action Day is this Friday. But uh, because of you all and the oranges and the food drives, hunger is something that we're going to try to combat and fight every single day. So thank you so much. Excellent. Let's do the picture down here in front with the table. Optimistic. Really yeah. Okay, that brings us to the reading of the Tuesday morning memo. Letitia Flintroy, our reading clerk, you have the floor. Tuesday agenda memorandum. The following are submitted for your consideration. Consent items are 1 through 59. Public hearing items are 60 through 67. Regular items are 68 through 84. I request the following withdrawals and Scrivener error corrections and inclusion of additional information. Withdrawal, deferral, substitutions. Item number 30, at the request of the Office of the County Attorney, this item is being deferred pending further legal analysis. Item number 38, withdrawn for further staff review. Scrivener's errors. Item number 33 currently reads, Providing for $567,101 in 2021-2022 legislative appropriations should read, providing for $567,102 in 2021-2022 legislation appropriations. Item number 35 currently reads, Commission District 7 should read, Commission District 4. Item number 50, summary explanation background, paragraph 7 currently reads, the cash contributions for a consortium Members are as follows, Miami-Dade County $220,000 should read. The cash contributions for other consortium members are as follows, Miami-Dade County $290,000. Additional information, items number 
14 and 15 signature pages have been received. Item number 35, the board's consideration of this item is based on the amended motion statements distributed as additional material. Item number 44, signature pages have been received. Item number 65, the board's consideration of this item is based upon the resolution as amended by the additional material. Item number 66, the board's consideration of this item is based on the amended motion statement and information distributed as additional material. Item number 74, the board's consideration of this item is based on the revised motion statement and exhibit one distributed as additional material. Item number 83, the board's consideration of this item is based on the revised motion statement distributed as additional material. Mayor request without objection. Items 69, 72, 74, 77, 81, 82, 83, and 84 be moved to consent. Please note time certain item, item number 67, time certain at 10.30 a.m. Additional material, regular meeting, item number 1-A, board appointment. Item number 27, resolution to set public hearing submitted by Resilient Environmental Department. Item number 35, amended motion statement submitted by Office of the County Attorney. Item number 74, revised motion statement submitted by Office of the County Attorney. Item number 74, parenthetical two, term sheet, Parenthetical exhibit one submitted by Office of the County Attorney. Item number 83, revised motion statement submitted by Commissioner Tim Ryan. Additional material, public hearing. Item number 61, letter from Pompano Beach submitted by Planning Council. Item number 61, parenthetical two, proposed amendment submitted by Commissioner Steve Geller. Item number 62, proposed amendment submitted by Commissioner Steve Geller. Item numbers 61, parenthetical three, and 62, parenthetical two, email from City of Miramar submitted by Planning Council. Items number 61, parenthetical four, and 62, parenthetical three, email from City of Coconut Creek submitted by Planning Council. Items number 61, parenthetical five, and 62, parenthetical four, letter, of, letter from City of Fort Lauderdale submitted by Planning Council. Item number 65, substitute page six, submitted by Office of the County Attorney. Item number 66, Scrivener's Error Correction, submitted by Office of the County Attorney. Item number 67, updated to show co-sponsorship information, submitted by Office of the County Attorney. Thank you. Um, are there any polls from the consent agenda? I'm gonna start with Commissioner Moskowitz. No, Commissioner Farr. Five, 11, and 13. Five. Just for comment. 11 and 13. Senator Rich. Yeah. Vice Mayor. No polls. No polls mayor. Uh, Commissioner Ryan. None. Uh, Commissioner Bogan. Polling number 58. I'd like to be shown as co-sponsor of 67. And with respect to 79, um, our wonderful airport director fix the Canadian problem by himself, actually. And so I'm, I'm gonna not need to go through 79. It's all resolved, thanks to Mark Gale. Okay. All right, so th there's public polls. I have item number 20, and I have 47s for questions only, so that's right. not polled. Item number 49. Questions only. Questions only, so that's not pulled. And item 74, which was moved to consent, but it's back on Two regular. Two speakers, correct. Two speakers. That's all I have is from the public. Drew, you have all that? I yes. think I do, but I'm really going to uh, Yes, sir. And I, uh, administration, nothing, I assume nothing from my office. So, Mayor, if the consent uh, items uh, would be items 1 through 59, less the following items, number 5, number 11, number 13, number 20, uh, number 30, which was deferred, number 38, which was withdrawn, and number 58, 
And then adding to those items to, to be added to the consent agenda are items 69, 72, 77, 81, 82, 83, and 84. I have a motion by Senator Geller and a second by Commissioner Bogan. All in favor of the consent agenda signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed? Please show that that passes 8 to 0. That brings us up to our 1030 time certain. That's agenda item number 67, which is a public hearing. So I'm going to give that, I'm going to have the reading clerk open item 67, which is the public hearing. The public hearing on item 67 is now open. Item 67 is a motion to enact ordinance pertaining to anti-Semitism, amending Article 4 of Chapter 21 of the Code of Ordinances, providing for definitions and establishing the board's content that the definition of bias-motivated crimes and anti-Semitism be considered in enforcing laws. One member of the public has signed up to speak on this item. Okay, I'm going to open this to Senator Geller to bring, uh, introduce the item. I just want to, he'll recognize who's here. I also want to recognize Sharona Whistler's here from ZOA. She had asked me about this same ordinance. That's why I wanted to co-sponsor it with you, and we can uh, do both of them together. Senator Geller, you have the floor, sir, and you'll announce who else is here. Okay. For this. Uh, thank you, Mr. Mayor. The... Um, this county commission has been extraordinarily supportive of the large Jewish community in Broward County. We have passed uh, resolutions dealing with everything from investment policy, um, permitting us to invest in Israel bonds, uh, prohibiting us from investing in companies that are on the state of Florida suspect investment list. We uh, prohibited reimbursement of people of county employees that were staying at Airbnbs during the time that Airbnb was unwisely um, uh, restricting in uh, parts of Israel uh, reimbursements. This, and I think all of you have been to the, uh, have accepted my frequent invitations to come to the Holocaust. Um, documentation and Education Center in Dania Beach. So I, I would like to thank this commission for being so extraordinarily supportive. And this is another one of those items. Um, unfortunately, we have seen anti-Semitism dramatically on the rise over the last couple of years. Uh, it's never been good. It's gotten a lot worse and this is just unacceptable. And I could tell you a little bit more about this particular are adopting the IHR, the um, IHRA definition of anti-Semitism, but I would prefer to leave that to our invited speaker, the Consul General of the State of Israel, uh, Mayor Elbaz Dorensky, and I would like to invite the Consul General up to make his public comment at this point in time. And Mr. Mayor, I'd like to thank all of the co-sponsors uh, for co-sponsoring it, and thank you, Mr. Mayor. Consul General, welcome, and uh, you're recognized. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mayor, uh, Commissioner Geller, Commissioners. Yesterday, I hosted in my, in my uh, humble house in Aventura <laughs> a group of Holocaust survivors for a Rosh Hashanah toast 
uh, as the Jewish high holidays are, uh, are coming, coming up uh, next week. Some of them are in their 80s. There was even one that is 100 years old. And even though it was a, a festive event, still a Rosh Hashanah uh, toast, we, of course, uh, gave them an opportunity to, to, to tell their stories. And needless to say how heartbreaking it is, even 80 years after the Holocaust, almost 80 years after the Holocaust, to hear the stories, the agony, the pain, the suffering that these people have, have, have gone through. Uh, you can see some of the pictures on, on my Twitter, if, 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 you, if you care. Of course, it's not as active as uh, Mayor Udin's <laughs> Twitter and, uh, and Commissioner Moscovich, but I'm, I'm trying. I'm working on that. I'm working on that. Getting there, hopefully. Very, very few things that I can do as Consul General that I think you can do as a county and maybe we can do as commissioners and, and, and individuals are as important as preserving the Holocaust memory. Uh, embedding Holocaust studies into, into our curriculum and into our even everyday life, and of course fighting anti-Semitism and the, and the hate uh, of the other. Now this thing needs to be done, has to be done, on all levels, government, federal, state, county, town, uh, school, uh, community center, but most of all and maybe most importantly on individual level. This is not a Jewish problem. This is a society problem. And as long as our schools and our Jewish day schools are as guarded and protected as the, maybe more than Fort Knox, then we should know that there is, that there is a problem. If I have to go, when I want to go in to visit my school, my children's school, my five kids' school, Hillel at uh, uh, Miami-Dade County, I need to go through three or four layers of, of, of protection. It's, well, as much as I'm happy as they are well protected, that shows that there is, there is a problem which we have, we really have uh, uh, to fight it. Uh, and again, uh, each and every one of us needs to carry this torch of fighting the um, uh, anti-Semitism and racism in all its form. And this, this fight, this war, begins with identifying the problem, identifying the problem, recognizing that there is a problem and knowing exactly what the problem is. And this is what this IRA definition comes to serve and to help us, knowing that there is a problem and then there are all kinds of levels of, of, of action. But we should start, and, uh, and this is exactly what you're doing here today, and I'm commending uh, you, Mayor, for leading this, Commissioner Geller, and of course the rest of the uh, Broward County Commission for taking this, uh, this action and moving forward, uh, identifying that there is a problem, recognizing there is a problem, identify what the problem is, and then taking it to new levels of, uh, of uh, cooperation against it. I pledge my full and complete support on anything that you think can promote this important cause, and I want to thank you for, for, for leading this effort. Thank you very much. Thank you, sir. I'm going to open this to the commission for comments, questions, if anyone has. Senator Rich. Thank you. Um, yeah, I just um, thank you, um, um, Senator Geller, for bringing this forward. Um, um, my personal history has, you know, been steeped in involvement in Holocaust education, and um, um, and. Um, was fortunate enough to have served on the United States Holocaust Memorial Council. 
And it's just incredible to me the difference over the years, what is happening in our country and with regard to anti-Semitism and other kinds of discrimination. Uh, you know, when the Hindu gentleman was here today, talked about inclusiveness and, and some very good values that uh, we are sorely in need of, I think, right now. Um, so I am extremely supportive of this. Um, and I just wanted to mention to everybody, I hope that maybe some of you saw the first, sex, this, the first episode of the Ken Burns documentary uh, that was on PBS, and it will be on again tonight, the second, and then there's a third. It is uh, anything, I, I guess I could say anything that Ken Burns touches is amazing. Uh, but this is, has such depth, and you know, there were some people that say, well, why did he do that now? You know, other people have done it. Well, I would venture to say other people haven't done it um, like he's done it here. And uh, it's, it's packed. Uh, the Consul General mentioned about Holocaust survivors. Um, they use a number of Holocaust survivors uh, who are thankfully still living to express their experiences, including people from the Anne Frank family. And I might remind you that that book is all over the country being asked to be banned from libraries. Um, and uh, it's uh, the interesting point that I just want to bring out is that it, it involves the Holocaust and anti-Semitism involves so many other issues uh, that are, are discriminatory in our country. And he uses our own history, American history, in, in, in this documentary. Um, it's inspired by America's Jim Crow laws, um, by restricting rights of Jews in Germany, uh, he drew inspiration from Manifest Destiny, how American Indians were removed from their land uh, by, by treaties and, and placed on reservations. So it, it follows the whole gamut, and it's just incredible. And anything that we can do and, uh, and we have on this commission, and I'm just grateful that we get the support from the entire commission when we try to, when we bring things forward like this. So, so Thank you. Totally. Thank you, Senator. Thank you. Uh, just one comment before I let Senator Geller close and make the motion. when. The mayor of Nesha was here the other day. Uh, I met with him and, and really had a great discussion about our close ties uh, with our Jewish community here. And when the El Al people started to come down, and I was with them two weeks ago, when El Al was moving their headquarters to Broward County, one of the most important things that they said was the relationship in the community with the Jewish people so that their employees felt safe and their employees felt comfortable. So. This is such an important issue on so many levels, and uh, uh, around this time of year when we're at the Jewish High Holy Days, I'm kind of glad that this is where it worked out on the calendar that we get to bring this. So, Senator Geller, you can close and make your motion. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. I would again like to thank the entire Broward County Commission for um, its support. Um, I would want to point out for people who are asking also, well, this only affects the Jews, why are you doing this? And I would answer, it doesn't only affect the Jews. Um, it's unfortunately, Jews have been the canary in the coal mine. When people start, you know, they'll go after us first and then after another group and another group and another group. Uh, it's the old pastor Niemeyer, I think what was his name. Uh, um, Something like that. Uh, you know, first they went, came for the um, 
Jews, but I said nothing for I was not a Jew. Then they came after the trade unionists, and I said nothing because I was not a trade unionist. Actually, I think you have the order wrong. I think it's first they came after the communists, uh, and I said nothing for I was not a communist. And then when at last they came for me, there was no one left to say anything. So that that's really what this is all about here, and it's actually happening. I mean, I know it was last year a group calling themselves the Goyim Defense League, uh, you know, were causing problems right outside the Holocaust Center in, in Dania Beach. And I will certainly invite, as I do every year, and we have a new exhibit at the Holocaust Center, I will invite everybody here. And again, just want to thank everybody again, recognize Sharona for being here as well. And Mr. Mayor, at this point in time, I would like to move approval of ordinance uh, item number 67. I have a motion by Senator Geller. Is there a second? Second by Commissioner Moskowitz. All in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed. Please show that that passes unanimously, eight to zero, uh, and that has now been passed in Broward County. And with that, can we take a picture? Um, I'd like to invite Sharona and the Council General up for the picture, uh, and thank you. In front of it, so you can hide it. Yeah, yeah that way you hide it. Okay. That brings us to agenda item number five, which was pulled by Commissioner Beam first. Sir, you have the floor. Thank you very much. Um, this has to do with um, some of the things that are going on with uh, fiber optics and things like that in the, uh, in the county. And I think what a lot of people are asking is where are we on this? Um, and I think we're about to do a presentation maybe to the oversight board. Is that correct? 
So the, the idea is this was one of the main things to do with the surtax. I think people wanted to see a, an active synchronization taking place. Can't take place until the fiber optic is laid. So I kind of want to, and I think all of us want to see where, where we are in that process so that the people in general of Broward County can see that. So that's, that's really what I'd like to see. Okay, and, and I have um, available um, our division director, Scott Brunner, here if you want to hear a quick update on it. Sure, that'd be fun. Yeah. Please. So, Scott, um, Scott and Richard, both of you, thank you. Come on up. And, um, and while they're making their way here, um, I know there was about 27 projects in total, and so they can give you a little high overview of where they all are. Um, two are already in the works, and the rest of them are in design, and, and they can give you a little update. Great, great. <clears throat> Good morning. Um, Good morning. morning. Mayor, Vice Mayor, uh, Commissioners, Scott Bruner, Director of the Broward County Traffic Engineering Division. Um, so, well, it's a great question. Um, this is something I, I love to talk about, but we'll probably only have a few minutes. But uh, in general, we, we've got three major signal initiatives, well, more than that, but let's say four major signal initiatives going on. Um, the fiber optics that are, we, we have a lot of, I believe we have 240 miles of fiber optics already. And DOT is installing some, and we are installing some, and then we are installing some as part of the surtax program. So the, the fiber supports all of our new technologies, our current signal system, the adaptive control, something we called um, advanced traffic signal performance measures, which will allow us to kind of keep better metrics and performance on our signal system. Um, so, but the fiber will also create a method for high data transmission for our future technology, some of which we don't even know yet. Um, so right now we're proceeding with several different fiber optic projects. We have 27 adaptive signal control projects planned as part of the surtax. Two are under construction. Uh, the first one is uh, University Drive from Peters Road to Broward. Uh, the second one is a federal highway from Broward Boulevard to State Road 84. We have uh, 15 others that are in design and procurement and 10 others that have not started design. However, to, in total, the 27 will probably be completed within the next five to six years. Um, most of them will be done by 27, We've got one or possibly two in 28. So we're going to see a lot of, you know, a lot of activity in that. And, um, you know, addition, a lot of people don't know this, but our entire signal system already has connected vehicle capabilities. So um, we, have a, we have a program, I should say, technology layer that allows us to push signal system information out to connected vehicle providers. And uh, we already are doing that. Um, Audi and a couple others are active in Broward County right now. So if you have an Audi or rent an Audi, you can use the connected vehicle technology right now. So um, I don't know if there's any other questions you, you have or? That's, that's helpful. I think what, um, what I'd like to do is if you, if you have a chance to send it to all of us, because I think we all get questions on this, um, kind of gra a few graphs and stuff that show us where it's taking place, timelines and stuff like that. And, uh, and I think, because I, I just got asked by uh, Frank Ortis, who's the chair of the MPO, you know, what's going on? I'm going, <laughs> I think that was, I said, well, you're, you're the chair of the MPO. Uh, you might want to know this. 
Um, but I didn't have a good answer at the time. So anything you can provide us, that would be great. Okay. We, we did provide 103 slide presentation at, yeah. The, yeah. at the CERTEX Oversight Board. So we have that. Okay. And we can update great. you. Thank you. Okay, we thank can you. make that available to everyone. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you, guys. I have, I have Senator Geller, then Commissioner Ryan. Stay, it looks like they may have some questions. They want 104 slides next time, okay. not 103 <laughs> slides, so we'll start. I just, uh, uh, thank you, Mr. Mayor. I just want to thank the entire traffic department for being as cooperative as they have. I had a major meeting in Davie where this, this was the biggest discussion and uh, they were there I had a meeting with uh, where we had most of I invited all of my city commissioners managers etc they were present there again the largest topic of, of questions and I just want to thank them for being as you know fully available anytime I've asked them to be someplace to deal with constituents or other elected officials thank they've you. been most helpful thank you Commissioner Ryan thank you Scott, you know I've called you from time to time when I have a constituent that speaks to, uh, well, we got a problem with this light and how it uh, it changes over when you're looking at maybe a, a six-lane you know, highway that's connecting up with a two-lane, and um, you're very responsive on, on making those uh, modifications. So you talked about actually placing fiber optics in, in large uh, uh, thoroughfare areas, you know, from, like you said, uh, on US-1 from Broward to State Road 84. But, you know, I, I thought that, you know, a lot of your focus was as, as um, interchanges, as uh, intersections are being modified, you know, we do that with a lot of our, um, you know, um, uh, construction work with the developments of, of uh, you know, residential housing and stuff in these areas, especially along the um, um, you know, TOD development. Um, how are you? How are you coming along on those projects? Because instead of uh, instead of you know fiber optics installation over like a three mile stretch or something like that, you're you're speaking about I believe just just an intersection. Is that correct? Is that like a, considered just a smaller component of a larger product? Uh, well, I should say what what we were talking about was really the, the larger scale network. Uh, when we do new signal projects, we do try to connect to the nearest fiber line, per se. So if we have um, half a mile or a mile in order to connect to the overall fiber network, we'll go ahead and do that. So, um, but, you know, also in the downtown Fort Lauderdale area, we have a major adaptive program scheduled for that. I believe it's around 34 intersections. So we have a lot of fiber down there now that would, some additional fiber will go in to support that. So it's not just along the, you know, major state arterials, but it is on other collector roads and smaller segments to get to that big backbone network. It, it becomes much more complex than just a, you know, a vehicle detection system to, to figure the load of vehicles, but um, um, you're, you're looking at other aspects on traffic flow at those intersections? Yes, well, I, I think um, some of the things that I mentioned before, uh, you know, one of, one of the more, more important but more difficult to kind of explain is this idea of the uh, automated traffic signal performance metrics, because 
Um, we're going to do it locally on the adaptive systems, but it, it tells you it tells you the health of your equipment, the health of your detectors. We can we're doing things now to predict when detectors go bad, but we're also going to have the ability to actually get some hard evidence, like in real time, about our detectors, and then um, it's going to give us information on you know what percentage of the traffic is arriving on a green light versus a red. What are the actual delays? You know as measured at the intersection by detectors and, and that type of thing. So be able to give us metrics by day of, you know, day of week, hour of the day, that type of thing. And so we're, we're, we're going to be doing that with all these projects. And I, I think that's really important because, you know, it's kind of like, I don't know, like a F-18 has all these sophisticated systems, but it also has systems that tell how each one is operating in relationship to each other. So as our system, system modernizes, we're going to have that capability. And additionally, we're looking at big data information where they collect this information from probe vehicles, from their onboard navigation systems. So in addition to having our own network of things on the ground, we're going to be, um, we're actually looking at two vendors right now where we'll have some of this information countywide where we'll get insights and analytics that we never had before. So. Right, and then one last question. I mean, I know that you, you know, as good as your equipment is, um, you do have to have a, like a regular um, maintenance schedule because you have, um, you know, uh, with this equipment, you've got vibrations, you've got the heat, you've got everything else that, you know, affects these systems, uh, you know, vehicular accidents and the rest of it. So um, in the past, um, as we were uh, first, you know, approving the, uh, the surtax, uh, we looked at some additional funding for um, uh, traffic engineers and then also for uh, like traffic technicians that are actually you know opening up the boxes and, and, and doing that work um, so what does it look like in the last say a uh, uh, couple of years a couple of budget cycles you know we have our last hearing on our budget at five o'clock today so I think it's it's relevant for you to talk about you know what enhancements have been done in this year's budget are you asking about I, yeah, any technicians? Uh, traffic technicians or engineers that you've placed on staff uh, in uh, this coming year? Yeah, um, well, we've added a couple field technicians and a and, um, couple traffic signal timing staff. Mm -hmm. And one of the things, uh, two, of the, two of the new positions, one of the things they do is they, they do this proactive preventative detector maintenance where we actually bring in feeds from about 800 of our major intersections and they just check the detection quality. So those thing, things that we pretty much had to find out that they failed or were failing um, from our system or from the public, we now can start to see them starting to deteriorate before you know they become an actual failure. So um, I, I'd have to check to see which new future positions are funded for the surtax program. Um, but those would be positions that currently the division doesn't have new budgeted positions. They would be coming through the surtax. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Ryan. Seeing no one from the public. Yeah, I, I, just last word. I, I think it's important for us to continue to let the public know how the surtax money is being spent. Absolutely. Um, because it, they, we, you know, we, we made a lot of promises, and they need to know that those promises are being kept. With that, would you like to make a motion, sir? So moved. Yeah.
Thank have a you, motion Scott. by Commissioner Furr, second by Senator Geller on agenda item number five. All in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Please show that that passes unanimously seven to zero. That brings us to agenda item number 11, pulled by Commissioner Furr. Thank Commissioner you. Furr, you have the floor. Thank you. Uh, we, we are seeing today a number of um, affordable housing initiatives where we are providing gap financing. One of them was um, removed today, uh, but it had to be, it had to be one of the, happened to be one of those ones that was at the railroad, where the railroad station was gonna be. Um, and I want us to be thinking in terms, and maybe this needs to be brought to the oversight board, of when we are doing affordable housing and if there is a connection there to a, for a TOD project, if there's ancillary uses there, where, for instance, building a platform or providing extra parking, those kind of things. That makes sense for surtax money to be used there. Uh, and those are the kind of things that can act as gap financing to help projects get over. I'm just mentioning that today. I don't know how this, I don't know if everybody saw the letter from um, Angela Wallace. Did I, am I the only one who got that? Maybe. I had asked, okay, if, if that letter could be distributed. Because first, uh, my first one, when she first responded to me, she said, surtax money is not available for affordable housing. I knew that. But then I clarified where I thought that it might make sense for this to happen. And I think with um, Senator Geller's pro, uh, thoughts with the TOD and um, incentive, all those kind of things, this is absolutely where we should be using incentive money and using surtax money to help those projects get over the hump. So whatever needs to happen to make sure that that can happen is what I'd like to see. I'd like to see the Sir, Senator Geller, Geller, you're recognized. Uh, thank you, Mr. Mayor. And Commissioner, for uh, following up on what you said, we actually are currently doing that because the um, we have already adopted a policy on this commission that the cities which adopt our provision for transit-oriented development, high density, again, limited to the activity centers and the commercial corridors, will be getting additional points when they are applying for their local government projects uh, for uh, out of the surtax. So, yep. In fact, we are already um, working towards that. If we're going to have affordable housing, there's multiple components. One is the cost of housing, one is the cost of salaries, and one is the cost of transportation to and from your jobs. So you, you've hit it right on the head. You're yeah. correct. I agree. But just to calm you a little, we are currently doing some of this. Thank right. you, sir. And, and I guess when I saw that the funding had been pulled back on this project, um, recognizing how important this was to the coastal link and how this is absolutely one of those places where it made it makes sense yeah we may not have money from this pot from this pot from the housing but knowing what that project is and knowing that there's public parking included in it knowing that there's a platform to be built all those kind of things just, I'm just emphasizing what, you, what we already know. Commissioner, why don't we meet privately? Yeah, right. Just kidding. No. <laughs> ah. no, Senator Rich. No, I, I mean, I, maybe someone could clarify this, but I don't think that this hmm. holding, withholding of this had to do with that. I think it was more construction costs on several projects where we need to come and fill in gap financing. It wasn't so much these other things on what was pulled for today, but I agree with you that we should look definitely but, you know, but I, I do know the project. I know part of the project yeah. has within it yeah. 
200 public parking spots. Yeah. Which but is considerable, there's a considerable expense here. So what I'm saying is take another look at some point at, at where, you know, where we can find funds for that. You want to move, move item number 11? Yeah, motion to approve. I have a motion by Commissioner Farr. I have a second by uh, Vice Mayor Fisher. All in favor on number 11 signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed, please show that that passes six to zero on item number 11. Item number 13, Commissioner Furr. I'm on a roll. You are, you're rocking. <laughs> well, you did yoga this morning. I did. So we I know did. you're in a good stand. Good to go. Stay I'm good to go. Um, this is one I just really wanted to highlight. Uh, given some of the antics that we saw this week um, with sending um, those that were seeking asylum out of the state, I just wanted to highlight what we're doing. And what we're actually doing with legal aid is actually helping uh, those people that are that need legal work and that are trying to help be part of the system. And I think it's it's a testament to I think the values that we have here in Broward County. If the, if people didn't know that we were trying to do that, I wanted to let them know. Motion to approve. I have a mo I have a motion by Commissioner Furr, second by Commissioner Commissioner Bogan. Uh, all in favor, signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed, please show that that passes six to zero on agenda item number 13. That brings us to agenda item number 20, which was pulled by the public. Uh, agenda item number 20 is a motion to transfer some law enforcement trust funds. Uh, it's a three-part A, B, and C motion. I'm calling the first speaker is Mark Mitchell. Mark, step forward to the podium. You'll be given three minutes to speak. Or uh, Antonelli, Jean, Guillaume is listed as questions only, but I'm assuming that's probably an error and you want to yeah, speak. Sorry, so, yeah, I know our system. New QR system, really yeah. fancy. Like okay. you know, guys. We try. <laughs> Morning, everyone of the commission. Uh, my name is Antonelli, lead organizer at Chainless Change. Um, I wish I could say that the item being proposed was a joke, but in truth, there's probably nothing funny about it. Yeah. The idea that BSO needs more money for guns is honestly probably really ridiculous. Those rifles are not going to prevent any crime. They only can react to crime with one method causing bodily harm or casualties. So what is their real intended purpose, to be honest? If there's anything that the nation learned from the tragic you know, mass shooting at Uvalde, Texas, it's that you can have as many rifles as you want, as many shields as you want, as many resource officers as you want, but without the proper training, without the proper leadership, there can still be casualties and loss of life. If you asked any citizen in Broward County what the biggest issues they're facing in the county, I promise you I'd bet my life not even a soul would say that BSO needs more guns. The biggest problems are sky-high rent, Poverty, education, mental and behavioral health issues, etc. So, and even the amount of homelessness just on display, just even outside of this building, you know, down the street at the tri-rail station or even the surrounding neighborhoods, not even a block away, it's, it's appalling. And to some people, it's indicative of the county's priorities, not you guys personally, but just as a, as a you know, body. On a fiscally conservative note, though, the $200,000 for those rifles and the $64,000 for those shields Honestly, it doesn't even reflect the true cost of those items, the auxiliary expenses associated with the ammo needed for those rifles, storing, maintaining, training, all that stuff. So really, this quarter million dollar spending is going to turn into something a lot more than that over the course of time. 
So if we really want to keep Broward residents safe, we don't need to invest a quarter million dollars in more guns and military equipment. We need to invest in the proactive approaches, not reactive approaches to crime, like addressing hunger, like you know, uh, Commissioner Moskowitz talked about, affordable housing, banning the box that allows landlords to prevent people with, you know, who are returning citizens from finding affordable housing because you know they fall under a, a discriminated class of people that people apparently don't want to give get money from. Uh, you know, things of that nature. So I just don't think it's a smart investment of all of our taxpayer dollars to pay for more rifles. No, that's not smart. Thank you. Thank you. You have a question of the speaker? Brief comment. Okay, well, well let me do the speakers yeah. first and then I'm... I'm I thought there that, were only okay. two in the other I'm just here. Mark Mitchell again. All right, seeing no other speakers, I'm now closing the part, portion of the public. Uh, you can sit down. Thank you. I'm going to open to the commission. Start with Senator Geller. Okay. Um, sir, I just wanted to let you know that while I'm, I agree and I think that this commission has shown that we agree with a lot of the issues that you're talking about, this is money that is currently inside the law enforcement trust fund. It's not like we can shift it from uh, these items to um, any of the issues you mentioned, food, uh, uh, affordable housing, and we can't, do, this is already inside the sheriff's budget. And I actually appreciate the sheriff coming and asking us for approval because he doesn't even really have to do that to a degree and, you know, based on recent uh, uh, court rulings. So I'm, I'm pleased that the sheriff is, is working with us and seeking our approval on this, but it's not like we, this is in his budget. It's just shifting line items. We can't move it to other places like you're suggesting. Thank you. Other comments from the dais? All right, seeing none, I'll accept a motion on item number 20. Well, don't you do that. So move approval. Move it. I have a motion by Senator Geller, second by Commissioner Bogan on item number 20. All in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed, please show that that passes seven to zero. That brings us up to agenda item number 58. Wait, was there any other public? 58 was pulled by uh, Commissioner Bogan. Yeah. You have the floor on item 58. Thank sir. you. Commissioner Geller, if there was no sunshine law, I'd be calling you up and saying, I know you don't mean it, but this is kind of insulting. And I want to tell you why I take this insulting. If today you don't want to vote for having one of the 100 courtrooms named after Mr. Uh, Mike Moskowitz, you can just vote no. Or with, with Commissioner Rich, she has another item to be voted on. If we don't want to do that uh, on that community room, you can vote no. When Judge Tudor's thing was to be named, you were the only one here against it. And so I kind of look at this as, hmm, I couldn't get against it, so let's, for, let's create more government. Let's create more bureaucracy. So my fellow commissioners aren't smart enough or, you know, I, I, this is the way I take it. I know you don't mean it this way, but I take it. So I want to do something. Tim wants to do something. Beam or any one of us want to do something in honor of somebody. And, and so now it's going to go to some committee to review and make recommendations over, over the elected officials. And it just, you know, I, you know if, if we're going to get a committee just for this simple thing, what about all the more substantive things then we should have committees for other things and I mean I, I just find it let's create more government and 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 I I just take this the wrong way I know you don't mean it that way but 
I, I hope that my fellow commissioners will respect each other in the sense of, hey, if somebody wants to nominate, at least let them nominate. If you don't agree with it, just say no. It's that simple. Senator Geller. Commissioner Bogan, respectfully, also, because you know you're my dear friend, but I find it, and I've said this before during the debate, and it also, it's not only you. Uh, I think we had some issues with a former commissioner, uh, Commissioner Honus, who would bring up naming things. Um, it is almost impossible once a commissioner not, you know, proposes naming something for someone, for us to say no, because it is generally done with somebody that has great respect in the community that we all know we all like, but it should be appropriate for us to figure out, instead of just saying, well, I want to name the uh, county government center for, uh, you know, Senator Smith or Senator Jones or former mayor or commissioner or whatever, there should be a process where it we review things and then say it is appropriate with this well-known uh, activist in the uh, as what Senator Rich is proposing, naming a room for someone, I find naming a, and this is just personally, naming a room at a courthouse for uh, Mike Moskowitz, so that maybe it would be better to name a room at the government center, but whatever. I, I think if these are okay, but it is very difficult when somebody just comes up with the name of somebody we all like and respect to publicly say, no, I don't think you should do it. I think that there should be a process where instead of one person saying, let's do this, and putting the rest of us in a bind, that there should be first something that says, all right, well, has this person, you know, there could be criteria which we used to have, like whether it's for uh, living or dead people, whether it's people currently in office, whether it's, um, should it be, where, what has that person done? If it is a long-serving school board member, it might be more appropriate for the school board to name a school as opposed to one of us naming a, a another county government building or room. I just think having process, you've heard me say this before on budget. I like processes. I think they are more orderly and they're ways that we should be doing it. I respect your opinion. I still like you, but I think we disagree <laughs> on this one issue. So, in, in this Wait, before we go back, and I'm, I'll recognize you again. Any other comments that anybody want? Right, Commissioner Bogan, you recognize. You know, Steve, there's a lot of issues that come for us, like when travel when one of the commissioners in the past, or whatever, wanted money for travel. Um, we could do a committee on that, and then we could do a committee on a lot of things that have to do with us. I, what you're just saying is, it, let's say you don't like, let's say I want to name this whole building after Mike Moskowitz, and I think that might be inappropriate, because, you know, you know somebody could sort of say, you know, I like the naming, but, you know, let's, let's maybe figure out something more appropriate. 
And so I go, okay, you know, let, let me go back and come back with something more appropriate. I don't think, you know, if someone's here scared to say no, I, you know, I, I've not thought of any of us here at all shy, you know, to say no. I mean, we are all talking about a salary the other time and Beam stands up for his principles on stuff and, and I, you know, I, I just don't see creating more government, more committees, you know, is the answer. But uh, let's take a vote on it. I'm going to vote against this. What is the process now? Because I know, like, what Commissioner Rich has on, it's got to go through some. What, what is the process to, to name something? What do we do now? Uh, the, the process is in, I think it's item 73 for today. And assuming the person is deceased, and I think it's a 90 day right. period after that. Uh, then there's a setting of a public hearing at some point down the road. I want to say it's five weeks, but I don't remember exactly that the board would have to approve. And during that five-week period, uh, the county administrator is asked to seek community input, uh, I guess just to make sure that there's nothing out there that right. we don't know about. Uh, so. Okay. so, And then it's at the public hearing five weeks later that the actual name. And, Mayor, just to add, wait, wait, in, eight, wait, wait, in eight years I've been here, and Beam and I have been here at least eight years, this has happened two times. Right. Okay. I'm, I'm going to recognize everybody. So just to follow up on that. So like, are we, so, so that's how we have to do it before we name anything go, county government related? Yes. And, and just, you know, also not that it changes right. this, this debate and I'm not trying to get in the way of it, but, uh, you know, this is a, a motion to, uh, direct and there are seven of you today and I'm, I'm confident Senator Geller is not going to object to it. So I, I just point out that he really, if one other person basically is asking us to draft something, this would come back to you. If you tell us that you, you don't like it and the other six of you object, we won't draft it here. But the current process is, as I mentioned. So could, when, when it's, the way it's worded here is for, as far as, could there be work between the county attorney's office and the county administrator to, tell, to better spell out what the process is? I don't know if a committee is the right way or the wrong way, but there should be some kind of process to do some of this. And I, I mean, I, I just think I'd like to have some kind of gut, you know, I, it doesn't have to go to a committee. I kind of agree that these sometimes these committees get so unwieldy when you do this, but maybe the process that we have needs to be looked at and needs to be cleaned up. And I'll give you a, a great example. And it's an easy one to talk about because it's on today for Michael Moskowitz, who was one of my closest friends out unrelated to politics. I didn't, it has nothing to do with being in government. We were actually personal friends. Like, they're naming a road for him in Parkland. It was just in the paper the other day. I would love to see us piggyback on that because that's something that's out in the public that's real as opposed to, and I, I'm okay with the courtroom in the North uh, Governmental Center, but, or, or in the main courthouse, wherever it is, but I know the road is something that the public would, you know, would see and would enjoy and we can both do it together. I think when you start having so many things added on, by is the school board then going to do something? And this one, it just gets so unwieldy, and it's it doesn't diminish the the affection that we have for the person. But as someone who's had something named after him and who's had a vote on naming these things, these are the most uncomfortable conversations, always and every time. It just it's just if there's a process, let's follow it. That's all I think we should do. Yeah, I'm going to recognize uh, Senator Rich, and I'm going to come back. Yeah. Okay, Drew. I just wanted to point out that the, there is a, a detailed process. It's in uh, Section 18.43 of the code. Uh, if, if you, you know, the direction could also be, if you want, 
for us to look at that process. I mean, wh whatever the board wants, we'll draft it, obviously, on that. But there is a current process that exists. Okay. Senator Rich. Thank you. Um, I, I personally would be more comfortable with that, looking at what we have first and then, you know, coming back and we can have a conversation about it. I mean, I really believe this is the board's discretion. I've been uncomfortable several times here and I have spoken out and we have turned down uh, some things uh, or altered them. And I, I just think, um, I, I don't really see the need for a committee, but maybe in the end we, we will change our minds when we see the whole process here. But I think it's a little premature. Okay. Senator, uh, Commissioner Bogan, then Senator Gelling. Okay. You know, you know, the only thing I was going to add is if there is an uncomfort level, we could agree that before a commissioner puts something on an agenda, maybe we do something, um, we do something on, on a memo you know how we how we ask questions in a memo form and we all kind of before something comes on agenda of a naming we all just have a memo where we all can kind of chime in on a memo i don't know if that's possible so it's not done you know in public and and you could call chime in ahead of time so you don't feel uncomfortable but still you know anyway that's just a thought or an idea true you were you were kind of yeah, I mean, it, it's you're, you're getting right on the edge of the of sunshine. You know, a one-way communication is okay, but once there is sort of coordination, okay. it becomes an issue. But it's, it's a good point. You know, everyone's trying to find out something that works. So, <laughs> Other comments? Okay. Senator Geller. Uh, to close, Ms. Mayor, I'm not sure whether or not uh, the either a committee is necessarily the best way. Um, and... So I'll ask the county attorney uh, for advice um, as to um, whether or not we should be proceeding or whether we should TP this and look at the administrative code. I am not comfortable with the way it's being done today. And I think if there should be better procedures and whether that is a committee, whether that can be handled in the administrative code differently. I'm okay with a lot of different ways of getting there. Uh, I'm not insisting that there be a committee, but I do, I think I've heard some consensus that we should be looking at how we do this. And um, County Attorney, would, would it be better or would it fit within the intent to change it to say, to establish a committee to review or to direct the county attorney to review the current section 18.43? How do you believe this should be handled? Understanding I want this to be looked at and I want you to come back with some proposals what would the correct motion be? I think either you withdrawing it and giving us that direction, which we've already received, or amending it to say basically now just to analyze it. Either way, uh, it doesn't take a motion to direct to get us to analyze things okay. and distribute it. Uh, uh, so. I will, for the time being, without prejudice, to bring it back at a later date, I will withdraw this with the understanding that the county attorney will work with county administration and report back to us with some recommendations for other ways of handling this. Is that acceptable, Mr. Mayor? That, that works. So okay. item Thank number you. 58 has been, uh, is that TP? 
Uh, uh, am I TPing it or withdrawing it? Okay. I'm just teasing. Deferring I don't really indefinitely. Know what TPing really means, temporarily so. postponing. Yeah, okay. uh, um, right. I'm moving to postpone that indefinitely, according to the county Please attorney. papering it, but hey, whatever you want to do, that's. I'm sorry, Senator Rich knew what I was talking right. about. That brings <laughs> us up to our public so hearings. Ryan. Our first public hearing is public hearing agenda item number 60. Madam Reading Clerk. The public hearing on item 60 is now open. Item 60 is a motion to adopt resolution vacating a portion of a 12-foot utility easement lying within lots 1, 2, 3, 26, 27, and 28 of Block 4 of the Patterson Park Platte, Platte Book 39, page 33 in the City of Oakland Park. No member of the public has signed up to speak on this item. Okay, item 60, second. there's no one from the public. I have a motion by Vice Mayor Fisher. I have a second by Senator Geller on agenda item number 60. All in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Please show item 60 passes seven to zero. That brings us to item number 61, Madam Reading Clerk. The public hearing on item 61 is now open. Item 61 is a motion to adopt resolution transmitting to designated state agencies a proposed amendment to the county land use plan text PCT 22-4 revising policy 21.16.3 of the county land use plan. No member of the public has signed up to speak on this item. Mr. Mayor, I have some amendments. Okay, uh, I'm going to recognize Senator Geller first on item 61, and then I'll start a queue. So Geller is first. Uh, thank you, Mr. Mayor. I have some amendments on 61. Is Maite in the room? Okay, I can ask Maite to come to the um, dais podium. Podium. Thank you, um, Mrs. Uh, uh, thank you, Mrs. Quaitia, the uh, for being here. The uh, my understanding is uh, that uh, the amendments on 61 have all been agreed to uh, by the uh, by Ms. Blake Boy. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay. Um, I can. Can you explain them briefly, and then I will move them. I believe they're agreed upon. Sure. The the proposed amendment this this would allow um, local governments to use bonus density to eliminate the current cap. There's a current cap of bonus density that's 50 percent of the current land use for moderate income housing. And if you're building very low or low, it's 100%. So in other words, you can double the current density. This does away with those percentage caps in favor of a 50, 50 units to acre cap. Local governments can use this policy ir irrespective of whether they incorporate it into their land use plan. Senator Geller's amendment would provide that each time that these bonus units are going to be allocated, the local governing body would have to make a decision to allocate those units. And it also clarifies that these units are discretionary upon the local government and there's no entitlement to the bonus density units. And Mr. Mayor, I will make the same argument on both 61 and 62. I respect local governments. I'm willing to let them make these decisions but I want them to have to have a specific public vote on them each time. And if the neighbors are given the opportunity to speak and the cities decide that they want to do it, then let them do it. Okay. So you're going to move item 61 so I move with item all 60, your amendments? I move item 61 with my amendments, which I believe have been agreed to by Ms. Blakeboy, correct? Well, she doesn't have to agree to the planning council. 
Yeah. Right. I just hi Barbara Blake Boy from the Barrett County Planning Council. I just I helped Maite with these, but I will take these back to the Planning Council per the Administrative Rules document for a second public hearing. Right. Um, if you transmit them to the state today, I because I can't represent the Planning right. Council's vote. I understand. Okay. Commissioner. Oh, Commissioner the, the next one's the one that you're not going to like. Yeah, I don't understand your amendment, Senator Geller. Can you explain what you're doing differently yes. today? Yes, sir. Uh, this one, differing from what the Planning Council one is, this one would require that any time a local government is going to use this policy, which would be instead of if it's six units per acre, that you could double it to nine or 12, that if they want to double it, if they want to go from six to 50, that they have to have a public hearing on it so that their local citizens right. know about it. And that if they go ahead and do it anyhow, you know, they can, but they have to have a public hearing. My, what my amendment does is require a public hearing on it. Yeah, but don't you find, I mean, most times when they're going to have a public hearing, they're just moving forward with it. Don't you think so? Uh, I mean, people don't, a lot of people, oh, no. no? Okay, I think that frequently if the neighbors okay. know about it and they show up in force that the commission may turn it down, but I respect local governments as long as they have the public hearing, I'm willing to do, do it. Do you have in there the, how the notice to the public government, how the notice to the, to the public is going to be given? Uh, For example, yeah. on, on the waste management, when they want to exp expand the land Phil, here in Coconut Creek, uh, we had to expand because people didn't know there was public hearings going on. So a couple years ago, we had to have them so they, they sent out notices to the community and they sent out, because otherwise they posted some signs somewhere, nobody saw it. So that's what I'm getting at about these public hearings. I wanted, is there a right. notice Com provision? Commissioner Bogan, what I want to say first is that from what I'm hearing you, your problem is not with my amendment, which no. at least requires, it's with the underlying issue. Um, Maite, uh, there are requi no, statutory requirements and I think code requirements for public hearings. Can you elaborate on what they are? Well, it, it would be up to the, the yes, there are statutory requirements, um, but it, this is for, would be for the allocation of bonus density units. So other than the, the public hearing requirement to provide reasonable notice, there's no specific requirements, and each city might have its own requirements for their public hearings. I, I'm not sure what they are. What, and some, some, currently some flex units are allocated sometimes at the administrative level, depending on the city, sometimes by the, by the governing body. Um, but each but city has- But that's why this would require correct. that they can no longer do that administratively, nor could they just pass an ordinance that says we'll do this on a blanket basis, my, what my amendments do is say that the city has to have a public hearing. Correct. Ms. Boy, do you know what the requirements are for the public hearings? Good morning again. Uh, I would just reiterate what Maite said, which is that every local government has a different set of requirements, and, and that's a range. You know, if you're talking about a public hearing for a land use plan amendment, um, you know, specifically like for the county commission, our requirements are different than perhaps the allocation of flexibility units by local government. So there, it's a it's a variety and it's a range, and I, I don't have an idea of what the requirements would be at local governments. Well, for, for, for land use plan amendments, correct. For land use plan amendments, statutorily, it's five days for transmittal and seven days for adoption. But this is not a land use plan amendment. It would right. be an allocation of the bonus density units, which is why I was talking about flex, 
That would be what's most similar, but it varies from city to city. The, the question that Commissioner Bogan is raising, which I agree with, is I've said I respect local governments. I want them. I have historically, uh, unless it's a, a regional issue like the airport, um, the um, solid waste disposal site, Mount Trashmore, I have always voted the way that local governments have recommended because they are the government closest to the people and I want to let them do it. However, I do want to make sure, and Commissioner Bogan has raised a good point there, that they're doing that knowingly that they have a public hearing and that's why I, I think my amendment says that they have to have a public hearing. The question that Commissioner Bogan has raised is when they have the public hearing, how is the public notified that the issue is coming up at that public hearing? Is there, I think you've said that there's no well, actual requirement. This is for the allocation of units, so there's no legal requirement other than reasonable notice. Um, you know, for ordinances it's 10 days, for land use plan amendments it's seven days, but. It's not the number of days, it's rather, right are the neighbors in the affected area. If you're going to do a rezoning, you have to send yes. a notice to neighbors within a certain amount of feet of the property being, um, being rezoned. And the way that we've worded this, there is no such requirement There's in no there? such requirement, and there's none I that I know of in the land use plan or in the administrative rules okay, document. Then I the may agree with Commissioner Bogan. Commissioner if Bogan. I could add to your amendment, maybe um, any any time there's going to be action taken uh, then within a th three-mile radius, um, all, all people who live within a three-mile radius are given a, a uh, uh, this was happening the same thing with in Coconut Creek, uh, are given some type of letter or they're mailed some type of notice uh, that there's a hearing and giving them 14 days notice. Okay, Commissioner Bogan, respectfully, three miles, for example, I used to represent the city of Hallandale, which was three miles, um, or three and a half square miles. So a three mile radius would so, be all so, of Hallandale so, and most so, of Hollywood. So make it a one mile radius. Uh, what, what I would suggest, um, Ms. Blakeboy and Ms. Escoidia is, that it be the same notice given for the requirement for a rezoning, which I think is most cities is about a thousand feet or eight hundred feet. Between three and four hundred, Senator. Uh, sorry. Typically, it's between three and four hundred feet. Okay. Yeah. The issue of difference of rezoning is, I mean, you're gonna, if you're going to have multiple units now, m many units going from six to fifty, you're talking about potential traffic issues and other issues that can affect not just the people right there, but people maybe within a, a, a you know, a six, twelve block radius. That's okay. why. Uh, anyway, I would uh, recommend. Well, uh, I'm agreeing with you. I'm just saying there, it, it, a three mile or mile would be uh, a thousand feet. A thousand feet would be hundreds of people. It's, it, it, I'm going to recognize Senator Rich after, and then, and then I'm and agreeing then. with you. I just okay, right. Senator Rich, a thousand just feet would be hundreds of people. So, so you you just said you respect the cities. Yes, that's how you started. So to me, we're kind of disrespecting the cities. The cities have their own way of putting out the 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 meeting notices and the public hearings, and you know I think that they're the ones responsible for having to put that out. 
not for us to be sitting here trying to say a thousand feet, four hundred feet, you know, three miles, two miles. I, I think the cities have their own way of doing it, and that's who should be responsible for doing that. Okay, Mayor Maite, you have a comment. Uh, this is something that we could we could transmit if if the board so chooses, and when it goes back to the planning council, uh, Barbara, Ms. Blake Boy has said that they would bring it up so that they could make a recommendation to the board as far as the distance requirement or the notice. So I personally, and I'm going to recognize you next, I would support that. And the reason that I would is this is like a voluntary thing that a city can do if they want to do it. Some cities want to do this in the county. Other cities are never going to do this. As long as we give a mechanism so that it go, I think what Senator Geller is saying, we want a mechanism so that the city has to, this it can't be something that just flies through the cracks with the local city government. And the city government can't come back afterwards and say, wait, I didn't know anybody was doing this. This is a specific public hearing for that city government to come in and vote. And as long as they provide the same notice that they would provide for a zoning change, every city's different. In, uh, in Parkland, if you put a sign up on a piece of property, that gets enough notice and that's all you need to do because it gets taken over. In Hallandale, it might, might be different. I don't know. But as long as there's some kind of mechanism so that the city commissioners on the dais on a Tuesday or Wednesday night or whenever they meet have a public hearing that's properly noticed and sent out like they do with a zoning request, that satisfies me. And if the city wants to do it, the city can make that choice. If they don't want to do it, then that's a choice they can make also. So I would support that with the idea when it comes back, it has whatever the language is that cleans that up. Senator Rich has spoken. I had uh, Vice Mayor Fisher next. I don't want to be repetitive, Mayor, but I totally agree with you. And municipalities have their own process. We'll let them do their own process. This is an incentive program for them voluntarily. So let it's upon them. I agree, Senator, uh, that you need to have that public hearing. But again, let them have their public hearing. Let them have their process to go through whatever they notice the requirements are. And if they choose to go against their constituency, so That's be it. But it's ultimately their decision. I don't want to be a big brother here and say, okay, you want 1,000 feet, 1,500 feet. I don't want to do that. But I also want Ms. Blake Boy to let the council, you know, talk about it. But ultimately, I don't want to get in that business. I want the cities to handle it how they do it today. Thank you. Uh, Commissioner Farr, and then I'll close. Van Bogen, and then you can close. Um, appreciate the conversation on this, actually. But, and I agree. I think the cities already had their process to, to right. notify. But I, ha I have gotten a lot of letters from cities that are in support of this. Yeah. And, I, and I, so I, I, I wonder if they're in support of this and the amendment. I, that part I'm not sure of. But, I, but I've gotten a slew of letters. Right. Well, all the amendment does is make sure they have to have, uh, they have, to have a hearing on it. Right. Which they do all the time, and they can be included with other hearings that they do. It's not a special, just something so that they, they can't come back and say later, wait, wait, we didn't even know anything about this. Well, hey, you had a public hearing for your city commission. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I, got, I have Bogan and then Geller to close. The reason I want to vote against it, just so you know, in, in, in decades of representing condo associations and homeowner associations, I've seen so many public hearings from all the from different municipalities where nobody showed up because we didn't know about it. There was no notice given. Oops, well, we, we, we posted it somewhere and nobody saw it. So uh, unless that, look at, we represent the voters, you know, and, and Commissioner Rich's thought of we're respecting the cities. 
I think our first duty is to the voters. And, and all this can do is upset some voters. And, and so to, to negate that, I, I think it's only, it doesn't hurt. Let's put it this way. It doesn't hurt to say, okay, at least within 1,000 feet, if you want to do it more, great. At least within 1,000 feet of, of where you're focusing on, there's notice given to the people who live there. That's, if that was it, I would vote for it. Otherwise, I'm going to vote against it. Senator Geller. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Um, I think Commissioner Bogan is in favor of my amendment. It just doesn't like the bill even after amended. Because right now, and Commissioner Fur, I think also Vice Mayor Fisher said it best, I think that right now I, the city's closest government should make that decision. But the way that the bill is right now, they vote once to adopt the ordinance, and there doesn't have to be a specific public hearing. I think if there should be a public hearing, and my understanding is, although Ms. Blakeboy cannot speak for the planning council, that she agreed, um, or didn't object, let's put it that way, um, on this one. She does object to my amendment on the next one, uh, but I think if this is a reasonable compromise, and I think Ms. Blakeboy, having heard what Commissioner Bogan is saying, that you may wish to, when you bring this back to the Planning Council, you may wish to consider Commissioner Bogan's comments. And, you know, those of us that want to make sure, obviously, it's a real public hearing, uh, just it, it will come back after it goes to the Planning Thank Council. You. Commissioner Bogan, it has to come back to this commission again. So I'm just, you know, please consider Commissioner Bogan's comments when you bring this back to the Planning Council. And Mr. Mayor, I've closed. So you've moved the item with your As, amendments? With my amendments, Is there yes. a second? Second. Second by Vice Mayor Fisher. All in favor on item 61 as amended, signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed? I have to Please oppose. show that that passes six to one. That brings us to agenda item number 62. Uh, Madam Reading Clerk. The public hearing on item 62 is now open. Item 62 is a motion to adopt resolution transmitting to designated state agencies a proposed, proposed amendment to the county land use plan text PCT 22-5 updating the community permitted uses section of the county land use plan. No member of the public has signed up to speak on this item. Okay, agenda item number 62. Senator Geller, you're recognized. Thank you. Now, Mr. Mayor, this one, unfortunately, I am opposing, um, and for the exact same reason I said on the last one. I, I think that the local governments should have to have, uh, this one would, per, would make it a permitted use. We all know the difference. Uh, between a conditional use or special exception and a permitted use. If it's a permitted use, doesn't have to go in front of the commission because it's permitted. And this would say that if there is, um, first I have one amendment which I believe is agreed to. What this, dot, what this ordinance says is um, that if you have a certain social service group and they have something an ancillary uh, property that they should be, it should be a permitted use that they can build 50 units per acre uh, on any of the community facilities property if it is um, 
if it's going to be for affordable housing. I have been very clear, I'm very supportive of adding density on the uh, community, regional activity centers or on the major thoroughfares, that's transit-oriented development. This would make it a permitted use if it's done by a uh, by a community, um, I, I'm trying to remember the name. If it's done by a um, community facility, community facility, not the zoning, the charity, uh, the nonprofit. It's it's a community use. Oh, um, com okay, that it would make it a permitted use. And the problem with this is this does not would require the city commission at one time to adopt the ordinance that says which many cities would do saying, oh great, it will give us more affordable housing, not realizing that it will end up making it a mandatory, that's what permitted use is, that it is a permitted use without any public hearing on a specific uh, item. I cannot support that. I don't believe this commission should support that. That is not, you know, if you're going to have the local governments make the decision, let them do so after a public hearing where they're telling the neighbors to do what they're about to do, that they're about to, in the middle of a residential neighborhood, add 50 units per acre of affordable housing. I have no, I mean, I, pro, I don't think I would do that. I want to respect the neighborhoods. But if a local government wants to do that, I will almost certainly support it because I have followed the local governments, but I cannot support this, which would end up doing this without a separate public hearing as applied. There would only be one hearing when they change the ordinance and none of the neighbors are really gonna understand that that could apply to them. So there, I do have one amendment which we should adopt well, just in let, case it passes. Let's see if Scott, someone's gonna support it and make a motion to put I'm going to, okay. so it's not even on the floor yet because no one's made a motion to approve it. Does anybody want to make a motion to approve item number 62 and then we can discuss amendments? I'll make the motion to just put it on the floor. Is there a second? All right, we have a motion and a second. I have a motion okay. by Senator Rich. I have a second by uh, okay. Commissioner Furr. All right, I think there is one amendment that is agreed to. Um, right now, the uh, language says it's an ancillary use for a not-for-profit or whatever, a community facility, but it doesn't require it to be contiguous. So you can have the ACME um, shelter for wayward boys, and eight miles away, they could say, well, yeah, that's uh, one of our properties, and they will cut a deal with the affordable housing developer where they will get five of the 50 units, even though it's not contiguous to their property. So this amendment requires that it be contiguous to the property of a not-for-profit, and I believe that's Got agreed it. on. So on the motion, is everybody okay with the motion traveling with Commissioner Geller's amendment that the property is contiguous? Okay. okay. So if a, I just want to clarify this. So if a hospital, for instance, has a piece of property a block away, right. it's their, hot, their 
property, okay, and they want to do it, that's not considered contiguous? No. Right. The contiguous okay. is touching so, because yeah. okay, then so you I'm get just, into the question of is it a block so, away or five blocks away or two miles away? Okay. So I, I had asked if you could clarify if there are any other community facilities that have would be would have been affected or are in the pipeline that would be affected by that. Not not that Ms. Blake Boy is aware of. Um, I did ask her yeah. that question right. at, at your request. I, I'm not aware of a specific example of something that, that this would um, would stop. Uh, the examples that we were, were using was kind of what you were talking about or um, churches that owned a site for a potential school that never got constructed and perhaps the land is vacant and perhaps that wasn't adjacent. So those were the kinds of examples that we were looking at. All right, so other than only hearing Senator Rich with that kind of comment, the, as this travels, it's traveling with Commissioner Geller's amendment that this is contiguous. We're all in agreement on that, other than, Sen but there's a majority of that. Okay, so we're still talking on the original motion. Who do I, seeing no one else, I have a motion on the, uh, I'd, Commissioner Fisher. I'd like to okay. speak to close. Sir, Vice Mayor yeah. Fisher. And then I have a comment and you can I just want to make a comment too. So, so we're in agreement now, we're moving it, we're transmitting it, correct? Well based, maybe. No, maybe based on it your, your No, I, I'm urging that we vote this down. Okay. And it's go it goes back to Senator the notice requirement or getting the public involved? Yes, sir. I'd be willing to do this providing that the city commission votes on a case by case basis because I respect local governments. This does not have that requirement. Okay, I understand that. So, Ms. Blake Boy, is that something that you're objecting to as the council is? So, the council hasn't heard that, but also it's not really an objection that I have to it. The um, When we're talking about a permitted use, it goes through an entirely dis different process like we're going through today. It requires transmittal to the state of Florida review agencies and then a return to the local government for an adoption by ordinance into their future land use element. Then I return to the Planning Council to recertify that the use is adopted in the plan and effective. So, for example, if City X came in with, if we had a plat note amendment and it had said this is going to be for 25 ancillary units to this primary um, community facilities use, and it had not been adopted into City X's plan, and it had not been recertified by the Planning Council, we would say that that use was not in compliance with their plan or in conformity. So it requires um, the same process that we're going through today. So, so, so to me, that, that process is pretty thorough. And, and, and at the end of the day, uh, again, we're going back to the city's control. For instance, when I was mayor of Pompano Beach, when we had an ordinance, we had two public hearings on that ordinance. A little bit different than here, where we can advertise it as kind of one, and then we have one. So, so the city itself, we had two ordinances. The, the public was able to speak at the, at the city commission on that before it was adopted. So the city did have control of, of ultimately uh, passing this, correct, as an ordinance? Yes, it would have to be adopted by ordinance. So, by the local so I think, government. Senator, you're telling me you're, you're, you're saying no, but yet it, it, it does. I think it's a little bit confusing. Yeah. I right. think I the, can si the city would have to incorporate this as a permitted use. Correct. It could put restrictions on it into its land use plan. Right. I Correct. think Senator, Senator, Geller, Senator Geller's concern is that after that happens, 
Done. Every single time you're going to allocate those uses or allow them, it does not come right. back to the city. Once right. it's in their land use plan, once they approve it, okay. it doesn't have to come back again. Okay, great. And, and, and what Senator Geller is saying is he would like for that to come back right. at least every time. Right. And the, so the Planning Council, if we transmit, the Planning Council will have an opportunity, obviously, to, to weigh in on that process. And ultimately, it comes back to us that for the final uh, approval, correct. correct. If it's transmitted today to the State of Florida Review Agencies, like the other item, because there is an amendment to it, it would return to the Planning Council for a second public hearing in consideration of whatever the County Commission And ultimately, we have that decision today. at that end of the day. So I think we should let it travel at this point in time. I'm in favor of letting it travel at this point in time to its process and then come back to ultimately after hearing our comments to see what the council wants to do with it as well. And I think hopefully they will listen to the comments today. Thank you. So my comments, and then I'll recognize Senator Gall, I'm not going to vote for this. And the reason I'm not going to vote for this is because this, as I remember land use planning, it was Andy told me it was a triangle and you start with certain things. Anything that anybody or any city wants to get done, they can do it if they want to do it. If there's a church there that wants to put 50 units in, contiguous, non-contiguous, wherever, they could do it. It's just a special assess exception. They have their hearings. They notify the neighbors. They do whatever they want. I agree with Senator Geller. Once you do one ordinance and say this is in your land code as a permitted excuse, as a permitted use, uh, use it never has to come back. It's, it's there. The developer, if they have it, can just go in and do it. I won't support it. Not that I don't want there to be the affordable housing on this. The affordable housing can be done. It just needs to be a special exemption, as, as what I remember from my limited land use back when I was uh, working with Andy as in Parkland. So I'm not going to vote for this because I don't even think the Planning Council could correct this. It's either a permitted use or it's not, and each individual project would then have nothing really to do with it under the way this is. And thank you. Commissioner Furr. Okay, I actually... I, I actually uh, agree with you on this one. Um, I think you have to be very careful when you give permitted uses out there. This is one of them. Um, I think we're all wanting to, to make find ways to get affordable housing done, but this, this, I think, has potential for lots of problems yeah. mm -hmm. down the road. Exactly. Um, and there could have been tons of problems if it wasn't non-contiguous. Yep. Mm -hmm. I think these are good catches on your Thank part. You. Thank you. All right, so to close. To, I have Senator Geller to close, and then we're going to vote either up or down on this original motion. Senator Geller. Um, so based on, on the discussion here today, what I would ask the Planning Council and was just talking to Drew and Maite about was um, I would ask not to deny the transmittal, um, just to either table the item or send it back to the Planning Council for further review. That, that's because fine otherwise too, that's it's, fine. it doesn't go anywhere for a year. Yeah. So yeah, rather than voting this, I'm going to ask the sponsor to withdraw her motion. You, you moved it and you seconded it. Pull this off the table. Um, if, Okay, so, yeah. so her original motion has been withdrawn, so it's been moved by, Sen uh, by Senator Rich to send this back to the Planning Council for more work, seconded by Vice Mayor yeah. Fisher. All in favor of that signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed. Okay, this is going okay. back to the and Planning Ms. Council. Mayor, can make one oh, I'm very sorry. No, no, I was done. For one very quick. If this was, if you brought this back mm -hmm. as a special exception or as a conditional use where the city's 
can do this, but it requires a hearing on it, I'd be supportive of that. Right. Sure. I just don't want it as a permitted use. I've heard all the discussion, right. and we'll take a look I at I just want Andy to send can. me the triangle back again. So Wait, the triangle is a great tool. Okay. So. Agenda item number 63, Madam Reading Clerk. The public hearing on item 63 is now open. Item 63 is a motion to adopt resolution pertaining to Port Everglades Tariff Number 12, amending Section 42.25 of the County Administrative Code, amending tariff rates and requirements for various activities at Port Everglades, and providing for general updates to tariff text. No member of the public has signed up to speak on this item. All right, agenda item number 63 is back to the commission as there's been no members of the public. Do I have a motion? I have a motion by Vice Mayor Fisher. Do I have a second? second. I have a second by Commissioner Furr. All in favor on item number 63, signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed? Please show that that passes 8 to 0. I hear Commissioner Ryan right here. Right. That brings us to agenda item number 64. Madam Reading Clerk. The public hearing on item 64 is now open. Item 64 is a motion to adopt resolution pertaining to rates, fees, and charges at Fort Lauderdale Hollywood International Airport. I'm beneath section 39.2 and exhibit 39.A of the County Administrative Code to reflect changes to rates, fees, and charges. No member of the public has signed up to speak on this item. Okay, agenda item number 64 is back on the dais for action. I have a motion by Commissioner Bogan. I have a second by Vice Mayor Geller, or by, by Senator Geller on item number 64. All in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Please show that that passes eight to zero. I still hear Ryan right there. He's right over my shoulder there. We're going to agenda. Yeah, no, I got you. We're going to agenda item number 65. Madam Reading Clerk. The public hearing on item 65 is now open. Item 65 is a motion to adopt res resolution providing for fiscal year 2023 assessment rates and amounts for a non ad valorem special assessment to be imposed on private hospitals in Broward County to help finance the non federal share of the state of Florida's Medicaid program. No member of the public has signed up to speak on this item. Drill. Mayor, just to remind the board that on this one, uh, if, if you're going to move it, if you please do it with the amended, uh, the substituted page that was distributed. Okay, so. Okay, I have a motion by Senator, uh, Senator Geller. Is there a second? Second. I have a second by Commissioner Furr. Before we vote, I see somebody that signed up. It says for questions only. Since this is a public hearing, I know we've had some problems signing up. Charles Luband, you're here just for questions? So you have no comment other than questions. Seeing no one from the public, it's been open to the public, it's been closed. I have a motion by Senator Geller. I have a second by Commissioner Furr. All in favor of item number 65, please signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed, please show that that passes eight to zero. That brings us to, uh, thank you guys. That brings us to item number 66, uh, Madam Reading Clerk. The public hearing on item 66 is now open. Our final public hearing Item is item 66, which is a motion to enact ordinance pertaining to zoning. Amending sections 39-4, 39-249, 39-263, 39 and 39-272 of the Code of Ordinances. Providing for definitions and accessory dwellings as a permitted use in certain districts. No member of the public has signed up to speak on this item. Okay, I have, um, I have on item number 66, I have an Anna Henry that signed up. I think you're signed up on a different one. I see you down a few, few down, but not. I don't have. Okay, signed up for 66. Um, I have Anna Henry. Seeing. All right. Um, you have a comment, 
Do you sign up and then you can speak on item 66 if she, if she signed up for it. I did. I signed up online yesterday. Okay. You sure you signed up for 66? I'm going to recognize you. You're here. What? She's showing us signed up for 74. Are you signed up for 66 or 74? Okay, I'm going to let her speak on this public hearing. Okay, step forward and you'll be given three minutes to speak on item number 66. It's a new system. I don't want to penalize anybody who's here, and I want them to have their three minutes to speak. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. My pleasure. They could, Eric could have been on our end. Again, um, thank you, um, commissioners, for allowing me to speak on item number 66. My name is Aretha Wimberly. I am a resident of District 8 and a community advocate for... Um, marginalized and disenfranchised communities in Broward County. Enacting amendments to Broward County Municipal Code of Ordinance to expand the permitted use of accessory dwellings in District 8 where the representative could possibly be moving on to Congress very soon and there is currently no representative for District 9 where we have communities that are a large population of marginalized and historically disenfranchised neighbors who could be impacted by the wording, uh, the language, and the selection identifying certain districts so um, enacting that without that proper representation I do believe is not in the best interest of all members of our community the um, changing the the language would increase the potential housing supply and offers help to only a very small fraction of neighbors suffering with spending more than 50 percent of their income to pay rent because for nearly a decade there was no effective action by a local government persons could become desperate and accepting substandard housing without the proper representation when defining certain districts Furthermore, sending out misleading expectations that code enforcement has the resources and a capacity to effectively enforce new and amended ordinances as some sort of affording affordable housing police squad is unfair to the community. Most likely code enforcement officers are experiencing the same financial trauma to maintain self-sufficiency and affordable housing. The community has a right to know in advance answers to questions like who is the director of Broward County Code Enforcement and are there any potential conflicts of interest relating to the director's membership or participation within the real estate industry. Will property owners in unincorporated Broward County face a greater potential for citations and civil penalties than incorporated cities? How are certain districts identified? What are the enforcement tools that code enforcement will use to motivate compliance? Will property owners be required to register accessory, accessory dwellings with the residential rental certificate at a cost of $75 annually? More questions. What is the relationship between Broward County Code Enforcement, Broward Clerk of Courts, and Broward Sheriff's Office to respond when a landlord does not comply with the tenant's bills of rights or the accessory dwelling guidelines for permitted use? When providing guidance to comply with the tenant bills of rights, code enforcement must provide landlords with a number that says when the desired rent increase is below 5% and no further action is required. For instance, if a landlord is currently charging $1,800 for rent, 5% would be $90 increase. So if they keep that at $80, $85, where is the real solution? Thank, Thank you. you. Um, Senator Geller. Mrs. Coidia, if you can come back. Oh, no, the question's not to you. Okay, thank you. Maite, are you here? I can't see because of that 
that's blocked. Okay, hi. Um, you and I have discussed this. I just wanted to get this on the record. Um, the concern I had with this is if an area is, let's say, eight units per acre and you have an accessory dwelling unit, I just wanted to make sure that that wasn't creating uh, issues that could violate the uh, zoning density. So I just want to be clear that when you're calculating the zoning density, the ADRs do not count towards that because if they did, that would create a situation where, again, code enforcement could come in or they could have problems with financing if they're trying to sell because it could be a non-conforming use. So can you please verify on the record that this does not affect the uh, zoning density by adding the ADR? Correct, Senator. Um, the, the county land use plan incorporates the provisions of 163.31.771 for accessory dwelling units. And the, as the triangle that was mentioned by the mayor, the county land use plan, the, the BMSD element needs to be consistent with that, and, and the zoning code does as well. So the provisions of 163.31.771 are applicable to this ordinance and to these units. Meaning that it would not affect the zoning Correct. And you mentioned the BMSD. I want to make sure we're protecting the cities as well. So it applies this, to the cities, not just the BMSD, correct? The county land oh, use this plan. Oh, this, this only, is only applies the to the BMSD. Code. It's only for the BMSD. Right. But if yes. the cities do adopt this, then that it would they would also not have a, a, an issue. The correct? city land use plans, correct, need to also be consistent with the county land use plan, which has that language. And it does say that if it's compliant with 163331771, that it does not count towards density, yes. Thank you. Actually, I think it may have been the original author of that statute, so thank you. I'm gonna recognize, uh, I see Commissioner Furr, Commissioner Moskowitz, and then I think I see Commissioner Rich. Thank you. Um, I guess I wanna find the, the genesis of what this is all about. Because I think that what this is, is trying to um, provide extra housing um, smaller accessory, like a granny flat. Right. That's essentially what this is doing, right? Yeah. It's limiting it to, can't be less than 500 feet, which I, I, I think it probably could go less than that, to be honest. I know, and I'm thinking tiny homes and those kind of things. I don't, I'm not sure why we're making, making that one distinction. Only because if you're in a, if you're already on a small plot, plot of land, and then you're trying to do another, Another one that you may not be able to get there. That's what this is all about, right? Essentially. Yes. And I like the idea of it. I like the idea of it. Yeah, the currently it's not a permitted use in these six uh, zoning categories, and now it would be a permitted use. Okay. Yes. I just want to make sure I was on the right track. Can, can I, just as a point of information, and then I'll recognize Commissioner Moskowitz, the speed. Yeah, I guess I guess uh, for a couple more weeks. So, <laughs> so the speaker makes an interesting point, and the point that that I find interesting about it is it real. There really is no commissioner that's there. There, I mean, Commissioner Moskowitz is here, but he's leaving. Is there a time sensitivity on this? If we put this on the first meeting in December, when there's two representatives from the Broward Municipal service district that are also sitting up here i think that's the fairer way to do this in my personal opinion i don't i, I when that speaker started speaking that made sense to me where are the, those two representatives have already been elected they should probably have the chance to i don't mean any disrespect to commissioner moskowitz yeah. but i think that if there's no rush on this 
I'm not aware of a rush, uh, Mayor. Can well. Well, I also have another. Just a quick okay. question, only because okay. when this item came, the way I understood it was slightly different. I can't speak for District Nine, but for District Eight, when I'm looking at the zoning, uh, you know, all the different zoning it touches: A1, E2, uh, rural estate, rural ranches, acre estate. I mean, how much of District Eight could it actually be impacted by the zoning? I mean, I, it, it seems like it doesn't. Based on what zoning areas you're talking about, it doesn't seem like a lot of District Eight has has a lot of those zoning designations. It's it's for the unincorporated area, so it's not limited to District Eight. We, you know, there's there's pockets of unincorporated area. Uh, yeah, that's not what I'm asking. Right. So um, when when the ordinance first came up, um, Senator Geller asked the same questions, and I believe Ms. Sodia said there were over a hundred properties that that have. One of these six designations. Countywide. But, but, but not necessarily in District the, in 8. The BMSD. That, yeah. right. In the BMSD. In the BMSD. Right. Count, yes. Countywide. So the, the reason why I'm, I'm bringing it up, Mayor, is there, and the reason why I didn't have a problem with it before is because I thought actually it would have almost a negligible impact on District 8. Maybe you're talking a handful of properties right. in the entire district. The, sir. The, you're, and you're correct. You're correct on that. The way that this would have a substantial impact is we expect, remember, city codes have to comply with county land use. So once the county makes this change, even though it's only on the BMSD, I expect that a number of the cities will start to adopt similar. Is that correct, Ms. Sodia? This could be a model ordinance, but this is right. the zoning code. Um, right. oh, the city, then, I mean, the, the language in the land use plan is, is right. currently existing. I, but I expect so cities just, will I'll, start I'll, to I'll make a motion to table it. Okay, so why don't you make a motion to defer it to the defer, first I'll make a motion December. to defer it to some foreseeable date. Okay. Because I, I, I agree. We just spoke about how we wanted to give notice to the public or the people that represent the public and the people that aren't even up here that will be representing that. Zoning district. So I have a motion and a second to defer this. Senator Rich. I, I just want to remind everybody that, you know, we all, um, and when we go through our budget, we all represent the Broward Municipal right. District. So uh, I feel that the people up here could make this decision. We have accessory dwellings already, but, you know, what, whatever. Yeah, but I, I, I think it's perfectly within our purview to be able to do that. I have a motion to defer by Commissioner Moskowitz, seconded by, I think, uh, Commissioner Bogan. Uh, all in favor of deferring this to the first meeting in December signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed? No. Yeah. I'm sorry. I thought it was going to be uh, indefinite. Okay. So if, if it's to the first meeting in December, if we could just change it so that it's continued uh, until then, and my table, would that save us re advertising? Yes. So, Jared, will you make your motion to continue it to the first meeting? I'll make a motion to continue it to right. the first meeting. That's in December. what I thought he said the first time. I have a motion. Right. Motion by Commissioner Moskowitz, the second to the eighth. Seconded by Vice Mayor Bogan. All in favor of continuing this to the eighth, signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? No. no. Please show that that passes seven to one. That, thank you. That, and thank you for your comments. Sir, are you not speaking on 74? You're leaving? Oh, no, sir. Okay. Thank you. Have a nice day. All right, our next item is agenda item number 67. We did 68. Agenda item number 68 is the delegation uh, expressions of love, Roman numeral two. Please step forward so you can speak. 
It's 1220, so we don't need the motion just yet. I know. Agenda item number 68. Let's see how we do. Good morning, Commission. My name is April Young, the Director and um, Administration for Expressions of Love Care. Um, there's a lot of uh, issues that we actually have on the agenda that um, I pretty much fall in that category. However, um, my main objective today is to bring before you definitely the housing issue where we provide a residential recovery uh, program uh, for aftercare during critical hours of 3-8 for our youths, children, and we also have a 24-hour facility that houses young female trouble at-risk diversion program versus um, females that are coming out of recovery for sustainability. And what we actually have been occurring or having issues with of getting support as far as directing the services and it falling into the city as well as the Broward County. So I would ask that definitely the zoning uh, is a concern as far as allocating um, what is necessary in the process we have been providing, or should I say directly to myself, have been providing care in Broward County for over 33 years as an educator, a medical assistant, provider, and administrator, and as well as a, a bell agent and a whole classification of other services. But definitely we have a concern of having adequate housing uh, services for the youth children uh, that are not in uh, foster care, which I was a therapeutic level two uh, provider that housed uh, children, females as well, with their child. Uh, some out of the 16 children are two have phased out. And currently the first child that was born in the resident is currently four years old. Mom is currently doing well. So I would say with that projectile, 97% of our turnout is awesome. Well, we definitely truly need the support of our officials, whether it be local or top, in supporting what is going on there. Um, we currently right now uh, have the ability of housing up to 12 and leaving two beds for emergency for the state. And right now, it is pretty much vital because through the pandemic, everything has been funded out of pocket. So I'm actually bringing to the table assistance request. Thank you. Thank you for that delegation request. Um, uh, we appreciate you coming out and taking the time to speak, and I'm sure county administration will look into everything. Thank, Thank you. you. That brings us to agenda item number 70. Agenda item number 70 is a motion to approve an agreement between Broward County and Keith and Associates, DBA Keith for Professional Consulting Services. Hi, Dodie Keith, how are you? And uh, 
And a motion to approve agreement between Broward County and Gannett Fleming Inc. for professional consulting services at the airport. And subsection C is a motion to approve an agreement between Broward County and Premier Design Solutions for professional consulting services at the airport. There are no members of the public. It's not a public hearing. Item 70. Move it. Second. Move it. Well, he beat you to it. Bogan moved mo bo Bogan moved approval of all three. G Commissioner Moskowitz was the second of A, B, and C. All in favor on item number 70, A, B, and C, signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed, please show that that passes eight to zero. Agenda item number 71. Mayor, it can, I, can, you mind, can I interrupt you for a second on number sure. 70? You know, I just wanted to say, what you know, recognize what a great company uh, Doty Keith has, and it's such a pleasure to deal with her all the time. And and uh, thank you for working with us. That's how much I could say that. Thank you. Former Parkland elected official Doty Keith in the office. Welcome. Thank you for being here. Agenda item number 71, motion to approve Broward County and RS&H Inc. for consulting services at the airport. B is a motion to approve an agreement between Broward County and Burns McDonald's Engineering Company for consulting services at the airport for their utilities. C, motion to approve agreement between Broward County and Avcon Inc. for consulting services for airport utility and pavement projects. projects. Item number 71, A, B, and C is on the commission floor. I Second. I have a motion by Senator Geller, second by Commissioner Bogan on 71 let you. A, B, and C. <laughs> by the way, these for the public, these would all be on consent, but for our county attorney, but that's cool. <laughs> 71 A, B, and C. I have a motion and a second. All in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Please show that 71 passes 8 to 0. Agenda item number 73. Um, a motion to note for the record that the Board of County Commissioners will consider the approval of a resolution naming the community room at Broward Addiction and Recovery Center in honor of Rocky Rodriguez, and B is the motion to get the input. So I guess this is Commissioner Senator yeah. Rich bringing this up to start right. the process on this right. item. Yes. Okay? Comments? Yeah. Yeah. So um, this uh, is a request that came in uh, uh, through uh, the uh, Broward County Substance Abuse uh, Advisory Board. Uh, it's uh, signed, it's unanimous from the, their board, signed by their president, uh, Stephanie Coverly, and their vice president, Christopher Checky. Um, and it's uh, obviously a request uh, to name the community room at, at our BARC facility for Rocky Rodriguez to recognize his immeasurable dedication and lifelong advocacy on behalf of uh, uh, substance abuse issues. Uh, he served as a member of the board for over 34 years, and including 18 as the board's president. Uh, and uh, this, the, during this time, he was amazing, just raising money and supporting it, awareness of, of, uh, of uh, uh, drug addiction, as well as treatment, going to Tallahassee, advocating. I remember him being up there many, many times. Uh, and I thought it was just a, a wonderful way to recognize an incredibly dedicated servant to this community. And so you're moving the item. I'm moving the item. Thank yes. you for bringing this. Commissioner Farr? I'll just second, second. I think it's deserved and appropriate. Okay. S Commissioner Bogan. So is, is in going to what um, Senator Geller talked about earlier, so I, I didn't know this individual at all, but thanks for the backup. It talks very, what, what a great individual, what great accomplishments he's done, 
And so before reading the backup, I would have said, I don't know who he is, I can't support somebody. But now that I see who, what he's done and all the accomplishments, I absolutely would support this gentleman, you know, in, in this item. And so, you know, okay. anyway, I Thank just want to let you know I support that. Um, before we continue, can I have a motion to continue the meeting till one o'clock? But I think we're going to, I think one's going to give us more than enough time. So I have a motion by Senator Geller, second by Commissioner Bogan, commission continue one. All in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed? Passes eight to zero. Um, okay, so anybody, we have a motion and a second. Everyone's made their comments on this. I mean, my comment is on this, I, I don't, we're, you're not asking us to name anything after anybody. This is just starting the process and it will no, come no, back as no, solicit. No, 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 no this it's is not. To, yes, no, it this is. is not. No, this is not. Yes. This no. is the process to solicit no. and then it comes no. back. We have the process. This is the process. This, this, would, this would set, this would authorize Correct. the public hearing for the actual naming Correct. for October 25th. Correct. Right. Right. Input but, will but be received until then. Right. We're not I just want to make sure that everybody understands that it is proceeding to name recommendation right. to, to name the community room exactly. at Park after Rocky Rodriguez. Exactly. And okay. it will come okay. back. This Fine. is the, I'm just saying that you set this as a process. And this is the way our process is. It needs to be, if that's what we need to look at. I will approve, I'm gonna, all in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Please show it passes eight to zero. Brings us up to agenda item number 74. 74 was pulled by uh, Chris Nelson. Chris, you here? All right. It was also pulled by Aretha, who said that she didn't want to speak on this. We recognize her at the last one. Mayor, move so, it. So there's no one on the public. 74. I have a motion by uh, Commissioner Bogan. Is there a second? second? Second by Senator Rich. All in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Please show that that passes unanimously. That brings us to. That's it. No. 74. 75. Agenda item number 75. That's the mayor's report. We'll no, come we have back. supplemental. 76. All right, 78. I'm getting sick of you guys. I can't wait till this is done. Agenda item number 78, <laughs> November 29th. Can't wait. <laughs> item 78, Commissioner Bogan. Yeah, uh, this came from uh, actually the airport. I don't know if you, um, if everyone wants to do this. Uh, so if an employee at the airport, you come up with your, at an airport and you give your bags, if the person mentions tip at all, they, they, they will be fired. Um, if any person taking your bags at the airport, they're not allowed to ask for a tip, they're not allowed to say, hey, a tip would be appreciated. <laughs> or you're not required to tip me, but it would certainly be appreciated. Any mention of that, they can be fired. So all I wanted to do is see if we would agree to put a sign up there, say, say, and I talked to Mark Gale about this, something to the effect of tips not required but appreciated. So our, our, those people who work for tips can have, there could be a sign for people to say, hey, tips not required but appreciated because I'm aware of somebody who called me up who said that they, uh, you know, they, they asked for tips more than once, were cited, they were disciplined, and then they were fired because they mentioned it. But um, is Mark Gale here? The Mark Gale. Mr. Gale. Mr. Gale. The Honorable Mark Gale. Senor Gale. Is anybody so dumb they don't know that right. the guy wants a tip, he grabs your bag. So, by the way, he, he solved the, the Air Canada, the, the Toronto problem, not Air Canada, the Toronto problem 
just by himself. I just want to let you know that's no, why I pulled it. I did. I did a webinar with the Air Canada people. He's he's tight with them up in that he, airport. He, he's unbelievable. He's the man. You should a lot be paid of by the, You should be paid by Toronto right now. Sing the Canadian anthem right now. I have to sing the Canadian anthem. Yeah. All right, Mr. Mayor, what I thought we'd passed an ordinance right. forbidding Commissioner Bogan to fly out right. of FLL. <laughs> so, Mark, I talked to you about uh, a sign saying tips not required but appreciated. Would that present a problem? It's certainly better than the other option, Commissioner, about it you know, getting involved in internal policies, especially when there may be collective bargaining unit issues and training issues on that side. But with respect to the placement of a sign uh, reference gratuities uh, being permitted, um, I don't have an issue with it. I would only ask that I, uh, you know, that the airport inject itself there with the company, the service provider, as well as the airline to make sure that we're all okay there and that um, we may actually um, adhere to our airport signage standards in order to make that presentable. Thanks. Um, other comments from the commission? I mean, my comment is my kids worked at Publix. Uh, I'm kind of against this. I don't think we should put a sign up mentioning tips anyway, one way or another. It just doesn't seem right to me. I mean, does the, you know, people aren't, I tip every time I'm there. Every time I go to a luggage guy, I hand him a tip. Everyone at the airport, because I want, I want to get where I want to go, and I want my stuff to get where I want to go. I think this diminishes our airport in a way. Everybody knows that they can tip a person at the airport. I don't, don't think we should be getting into this. And I think it's up to the companies to, to deal with this issue on their own. The companies have a policy, just so you know, that if you ask for a tip or mention the word tip, you can be terminated. Yeah, well, but I mean, if, the cap, if I walk into the plane and the captain says, hey, you know, we're, I'm accepting a tip, it's just, I, I, you know, it's just not right. Come on, that's, I, I, I got that, you. That's, they not, should, even, they that's not even a fair comparison. Come the on. Same with, same with Publix. I mean, Publix has the thing too, Commissioner Moskowitz. It, yeah, I mean, look, I, I, I'm, in, I'm indifferent on it. I could yeah, go I mean, either way. I will tell you, though, what would be a very interesting ordinance on tips at a later point in time is now, no matter where you go, a restaurant, a store, anytime you put your credit card into the machine, the right. first question that comes up is, do you want to leave a tip? And it has usually three suggestions. You have to click other if you want to get out of it, right? Right. Does anybody know if that money is mandated to go to the employees? And so I, I, would, be, I, would, I would look forward to an ordinance where they're doing that tip system. I'm okay if the business wants to do that tip system, but I think it needs to be, it, it, the people are doing that thinking that money is going to the employees and we have no idea if that's happening. And, uh, but on this one, I'm, I'm kind of indifferent. I, I, I think what Commissioner Bogan is trying to do is, is to help those folks out, but I don't know that I'm comfortable interfering with company policy. Set, Senator Geller, then Fisher. A uh, couple of comments. First, um, I don't know if we should vote on this at all right now or if we should ask Mr. Gale first to go back and talk with the uh, or whatever it was that you said you wanted to do. But um, the other issue is I kind of agree to an extent with what both Commissioner Moskowitz and the mayor said. I am not completely comfortable with, you know, remember these are, uh, Mr. Gale, these are private companies there that can, to what extent can or should we be interfering with their 
rules and regulations in this case pertaining to their employees if a company decides that they think it looks bad for people to be asking for tips uh, is that appropriate for the county to so senator there are, uh, as of right now there are approximately 12 companies at the airport that provide uh, services to the airlines reference to curbside check-in or skycaps we checked uh, with all of them all of them permit gratuities to be accepted uh, but they all uh, advise in their training and in their policies uh, that employees should not ask uh, for tips. They do have uh, and express to us on the side um, concerns uh, with the county injecting itself into the internal policies, particularly when there are labor relation laws and collective bargaining agreements in place. Yeah, I, I was thinking about collective bargaining. I was also thinking about, you know, both the federal preemptions uh, dealing with airports as well as the fact that it seems like any time any government does anything pertaining to uh, airport seaports, the legislature immediately rushes to take away our ability to do that. And I would be concerned that, if, that on this item, which is relatively minor, that that would... Um, could lead the legislature to taking action that would affect us on much bigger areas. So I, I have concerns about this and wonder whether Commissioner Bogan might want to postpone this and talk to uh, Mark. And, and finally, um, in reference to my earlier question, um, this to the county attorney, would it be a bill of attainder if we try to pass an ordinance prohibiting Commissioner Bogan from flying out of FLL? Because it seems like every time he does, we get a new right. request for an ordinance. Vice Mayor, Is that a bill of attainder? That's, a, that's out of order. Vice okay. Mayor Fisher, you're recognized. First of all, Monica, do we have these signs at the port? Do you know? I am unaware of that. Okay. Um, I will find out. I'm, I'm just curious. I'm just curious. Mr. Wilshire's here. Sure well, sorry, I that. was kind of told that they, these signs already exist at the port. I'm just curious. Good afternoon, Commissioner Mayor, Vice Mayor, Commissioners uh, Glenn Wilshire, Deputy Director of Port Everglades. No, we currently do not have signs. We've had a lot of discussion between the Stevedore and the uh, International Longshoremen Association and the cruise lines over that, but currently no signs. That's fine. Th thank you, because I got some information wrong on that. And, and you see, Commissioner Bogan's heart is as big as his building, and he wants to help everybody, and I get it, and, it, and it's a great gesture, but what Mr. Gale saying that this is private sector we we can't get involved in this uh, you know again I mean these are private companies labor laws and you hear unions I mean it's just it's just not the right way to be Commissioner Bogan again your heart is as big as building you want to do that but I just couldn't support it because I just don't want to get into their business and they don't I don't want them to get in mine either so I think it's just a bad bad move it, it was just right. a motion to discuss there's yeah, nothing to sure. vote on and just so for the record I want to make sure these people are paid properly. These guys don't care about them. But no, no. I want to just make sure it comes make no. sure it comes across the right way about uh, right. these poor people that can't ask for a tip. If I'm with Bogan, I'm tipping more at the valet, yeah. so my car comes first. Yeah. <laughs> Commissioner Ryan, and the, I have Ryan, and then Moskowitz. I found it interesting that the mayor talked about his son who works over at Publix. Uh, I just had, you know, a couple of bags that were, um, I had the, uh, the guy help me put them out over to the car. 
uh, last you night. Have a lot to ask. And and you know, I go to give him a dollar, and you know, what are you, a dollar? He says, no, 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 no. He says, no, no, no. I don't need to get the money. I don't need to. Get the money. I said, take the money. I said, come on, you're going to embarrass me if you don't take it. So he took the dollar. So I, I think they have a policy over in Publix. No At first, they'll tell the customer, no, no, you don't need to tip me. You know, they're not, not only are they not soliciting it, they try to deny, right. you know, receiving it. So um, it's a little bit different when you're over there che checking your bag. The guy's just very grateful, but he, nobody asked. They just, yeah. you know, three people were in front of me. Everybody, you know, tips something with a bag. And uh, I mean, that's got to be the best uh, gig that you could have yeah. in an airport job is be the guy that, that is doing curbside checking. Those guys must make about $80 an hour. Or something. So I, I, I just tell you, that that's a very coveted job. And uh, Mark, I agree with my colleagues. Wait, we don't want you wait. to mess it up. Yeah. Commissioner Ryan, I just heard that the person didn't say no thank you. He said, that's it? Right. <laughs> that's it? A, a dollar? Right, Commissioner Moskowitz. Per perhaps. Uh, All I had was a one and a 20. Perhaps Commissioner Bogan will. Bogan well, does that too. He puts the five on the outside and the ones inside and rolls it up. I've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> Commissioner Moskowitz. Per perhaps, perhaps uh, Commissioner Bogan would would defer the item and maybe there's another way to. There's achieve. nothing to defer. It's a, we're well, to so then we it. we don't vote. But perhaps there's another way to achieve what you're trying to do rather than the sign. In your instance, you're saying someone was fired because they accepted the tip. And what I'm hearing, what I'm hearing from Mark is that. None of the companies have a policy that uh, that that has that. So perhaps you can work with Mark uh, to find out if there is a if there is a company that has a policy. And by the way, if there is companies that have a policy, then perhaps uh, we can talk to them, uh, or you can come back with your with your suggestion a slightly <laughs> different way, which is. I thought that's what I heard. That what Mark Gale said was that, that Mr. Gale, what he said was that um, the companies have a policy that you can't ask for tips, but they don't have a policy against accepting them. And in this particular okay. case, yeah. the guy First had already asked, been yeah. warned not to ask. Except for the flights to right. Montreal. So, yeah, listen, I, I, yeah, I think we beat this to death. Tipping is not a city in China, and let's move on. To All right, next, right. next, next. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> All right, let's be serious. I'm at number 80. Now let's talk about number 80. How many more? How wait, what number, wait, what number was that? That was <laughs> seven. That was 78. Wait, look, can we vote? Let's just vote no on it. Can we all just vote no 80. on it? No. Another bogan. Commissioner, you withdraw. Item number 80. I vote no. Another bogan? 79. Another bogan. This is on the, Mo the Moskowitz thing. I, um, I am honored to. Uh, to uh, put this on the agenda for the 30th time and uh, finally move forward with it and naming a courtroom in the main courthouse uh, uh, in honor of Michael Moskowitz. And um, I don't think there's any more to be said, but, but uh, just a great uh, individual and I'm proud to do that. I, I, my personal opinion, I, I agree. I'm, I, I mean, I think a courthouse, a courtroom is fine. I kind of like what the city of Parkland is doing better. I wish we could kind of piggyback on that. I love the road idea, and I know I, I called Kim and, and our road people. None of that portion is a county road, or else we would be able to kind of piggyback on that, because that would be really cool. 
and I know they're going to do that, um, but putting a, a courtroom is fine. Now, my only question is, does this have to go through any kind of process like what Commissioner Rich brought? Is that, that's the whole thing that I was... Yes, we can certainly bring it back uh, in the same no, way. No, that I don't need to bring it back, but if it doesn't have, I'm just saying we, it has to it come back have to, to go, go through right. that process to have a public hearing. So you're making the same motion that Commissioner Rich made, well, but on a courtroom. Okay. We would bring back the item basically for uh, Michael Moskowitz that Senator Rich had today okay. for the bar. Perfect. And, and I guess the only thing, question. Mayor, the only thing we would need is just to identify. That that's the, the my question. Room. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mr. Mayor, the question is: Are we picking a courtroom? Or are we going to ask the chief judge to assign a courtroom? I'm, I'm whatever it is. I, I agree with this. I just want to know we, what it we, is. We, we could do his birthday. You know, what's his birthday? So, um, do that courtroom. I, I'm. I mean, I'm indifferent. Obviously, I mean, if you want the family's input, Chief Tudor. Uh, Judge Tudor knew my dad extremely well. I would right. trust his judgment. So it, uh, e either way is fine. Um, if, I think this is just giving authority for staff kind of to, to do right. all of that. And I know Monica will include us in, in that. So I'm, I'm okay with it. I don't think we need to figure out which courtroom here. But until until we do figure it out, do you want to hang a banner outside the uh, courthouse? The no, the airport. I want to do as the much airport. promotion as possible before the election in November. Right. <laughs> we can hang a, a banner out there. Skywriting yeah. is better. Right. <laughs> so so I think what this is is you're going to bring a motion similar to what or it's, it's on the next agenda there'll be a motion similar to what Commissioner Richard. I guess you got to get solicit input from certain people. All the people he sued are probably going to send a letter. How dare you do that? But We'll have to work out of that. Yeah. Do we, well, well, this is just a motion to discuss, but why don't we take this as direction? Do you want uh, our office, together with the county administration, to speak with Chief Judge Tudor, try to identify a room, put that? We have three weeks until the next meeting, so we have an extra week to try to get that done. Come back with the item that's basically the same thing that Senator Rich did on 73, obviously conformed for Perfect. Uh, Mr. Moskowitz. Yes. Okay. Don't mix them up, though, because we don't want to mix up Rocky Rodriguez's room with Mike Moskowitz's, because that could be a problem. All right. So I'm going to move with, uh, with uh, amended what Drew just said. <clears throat> Done. By I, I don't. It's not drafting an ordinance, so we just took that as direction. We, unless, we, right. Oh, we directed. All right. So that's 80. We've run out of things to talk about today. Now we'll go to our commission comments. Listen, everyone's got to be back here at 5.01. 5.01. Otherwise, we're sending BSO out to get you and drag you here like in the movie My Cousin Viz Vinny. You're going to be here at 5.01. Yeah. Comments? The Senate had the ability yeah. to do that. I'm Commissioner Bogan, any comments? Yes. If any of you, uh, so we're moving forward with our health project. We'll hopefully in November it will start the scans. If any of you have any people in your district, any people you know that you'd like them to get the uh, free scans, please let me know. And um, that's it. I just wanted to let you know that we're going to move forward. Senator Geller. Uh, two quick items. The uh, uh, last Friday, the mayors of Dade Broward and vice mayor of Palm Beach along with about 30 other experts, had a meeting on affordable housing, which went very well. Um, it was actually hosted by the South Florida Regional Planning Council, 
And while I'm speaking on the South Florida Regional Planning Council, the second and last item is, as I've mentioned before, you may want to mark your calendars for October 21st. We are having a joint South Florida Treasure Coast Regional Planning Council. Uh, we will be inviting the invitations going out this week. Every city and county commissioner, along with city managers and county administrators, for a six-hour workshop, uh, not a workshop, six-hour joint meeting on the subject of solid waste. It will be located, Start. it will go from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. with a working lunch. Um, Commissioner Furr and Mayor Ross have been you know, deeply involved in this meeting. There's all sorts of things we'll be discussing, the whole issues of biosolids, the things we're about to be discussing when we get the report on the interlocal agreement. Um, and so I just want to invite and make sure that all of the commissioners know that it, this will take place Friday, October 21st from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. at uh, um, FAU located up in Boca, the Boca campus. And so you'll be getting invitations, but this is your early notice. Thank you. Vice Mayor Fisher. A question, Monica, are we having a workshop on 1018? We just discussed that this morning, the mayor and I, and um, we, you will be getting a notice that that meeting will come off, that whole date will come off. Thank you. Thank you, Mayor. Thank you, Mayor. Thank you, Mayor. You're welcome. Uh, just uh, wanted to wish everybody uh, to our, our Jewish folks uh, happy Rosh Hashanah. Thank you. Thank you. Senator Rich. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yes, I passed out a pin to each of you uh, for Project Home Again, and I want to just tell you that we had a fabulous launch last week uh, of Broward County's exciting new landlord recruitment initiative, uh, Project Home Again, and this project's been in the works for almost two years, uh, and it couldn't come to fruition at a more critical time. Um, I just want to give uh, uh, all of our collective thanks to uh, Rebecca McGuire, uh, who's our outstanding human services administrator of the of the homeless initiative partnership? Uh, who you know just stuck on this. She's a former marine, you know, and she that's it. You know, you get she gets her mind made up. She's going to get it done. Uh, sometimes governmentally, as Commissioner Bogan suggests many times, it takes a little longer than it should. I just want to say that um, the camp this campaign is is really so necessary. Uh, uh, we, we all know, we, you've heard from Dr. Murray, we know the, the tremendous increases in rent, uh, the lack of the 1.2 percent vacancy rate. So it, it just is, is so needed. We have over 300 families right now uh, waiting for a place to call home uh, that have been, home, that are, have been homeless. Uh, we had 2,200 referrals for shelter or permanent housing in the last three months. So it's kind of not an option. And uh, this was a great way. We had a wonderful presentation from Starmark Marketing, uh, with whom we have contracted, um, and they are our partner in this venture, uh, which um, is going to have, uh, uh, we believe, life-changing, give life-changing hope to people who are experiencing homelessness. Uh, I want to say that it was well attended uh, by the business community. is very, uh, you know, bought into this and is supportive of it. Uh, Bob Swindell spoke from the Greater Fort Lauderdale Alliance. The Greater Fort Lauderdale the Chamber has been very, very involved. Uh, so we are, we're doing what we typically do in Broward County. Homelessness cannot only be just a project of Broward County. 
it has to be all the stakeholders. Uh, so we had uh, current landlords there, realtors. We're going to give do outreach to realtors now to try and get them to become a part of this. We have a new, um, it features a multi-listing system called RentalNet, and that will serve as a shared community resource for all available units in the county. Um, and it's just, it's just really, really exciting. And uh, want to learn more? It's Project Home again. We have a, uh, it's on the Broward County website. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, just to reiterate what Senator Getter had mentioned, it's actually, I just want to say, it's with seven counties. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's at Florida and Trish. Right, right. In case it, not everybody Monroe, knew. Monroe, Monroe, Dade, Broward, Palm Beach, Martin, St. Lucie, and Indian River County. Yeah, and, and primarily the reason is because we send a lot of waste up there and there's considerations there. Um, last week, the, also, all of the cities met on the solid waste, all the delegates, a draft of the interlocal agreement was given to all the cities. Um, there are parts of it I have concerns with. Um, and I will be bringing this to the commission on October 11th for discussion. Uh, most of it's very good. Most of it is providing for flow control, assessments, being able to do it. But there are a couple of issues that I think we all need to weigh in on, you all need to weigh in on. And uh, I think Drew and his staff will bring that to, will help me on that one. Uh, they've done a great job on this. And uh, I think we'll, uh, you know, we'll have, we'll have a, all the cities have to give their comments by October 14th. Then the working group will take those comments, we'll have our comments, and we'll polish it up and uh, do what's necessary there. Um, another, another issue is the Broward Outreach Center is going to be leaving the system, which is not, you know, I have, my, I have concerns on this as well. This is the southern part. I think all of the, um, you know, there's, a, there's a, uh, an outreach center for the homeless in the northern part, central part. This was for the southern part. They have decided not to si sign back up with the county. Um, they are going after, they're going to be doing a model based on what the Miami Rescue Mission does, which is more of a faith-based mission. Um, it will not have the same accountability that I think we have relied on, uh, on the other, in the other one. So I'm not sure what is going to be happening there yet, and I know I've put a lot of questions out to our staff, but that's an issue that uh, we're going to need to be looking at. Um, this is also banned books week in America. Uh, I, it is amazing what is happening across the United States right now with, with, with um, certain groups that are just giving libraries long lists of books that they want banned. It's no longer like one book that they had an issue with. It has become an organized effort and one in which um, I think we need to be uh, very, very wary of, uh, of what's going on. Uh, and I, and I, I, I have a lot of faith in our own library system. And this is Broward County, so I don't, you know, the, the, the proper way to do it is to have a library advisory committee. And then the, then the advisory committee takes each, each um, book on its own merit, one at a time. What are, you know, somebody who has, might have, if they have real concerns. But the idea that you're trying to ban books for, you know, for everybody, you know, regardless. 
is is very against the, the American Library Association um, and, and all its tenants. So it is something that I think we need to be um, looked at, looking at and, and protect. We need to protect the library system on this. And then la lastly, um, I was nominated and awarded the, uh, for the elected officials and National Envi Environmental Service Award by the Sierra Club. Uh, I want to thank, th this was a surprise, I want to thank my staff. <laughs> yeah, for doing that. But it's really, it really, it really is a, um, an award to this entire commission, to be honest. Sorry, your name's not on it, but it is because all of it is put forth, all the policies that we've done as a commission. So you're welcome. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, yeah. You're welcome. Thank you. Anyway, so thank you. On that. And thanks to my staff for putting that forward. All right, I, I, I have Moskowitz, and then we will go for a second round of commissioner comments. Jared, oh. nothing. Um, Monica. Well, they both raise their hands, so. I'm just te I'm teasing. They both raise their hands. I'm going to recognize them, but let me let us finish. Monica. Well, I just wanted to um, um, share that the office, our Office of Public Communications, has launched a new community update pu publication that you all may want to uh, take a look at and be able to share uh, with the community on your on your uh, um, email blast that you send out to your constituents. Um, it's a monthly e-newsletter, and it provides the latest information on all the services and programs that are happening here in the county. And, um, and also just want to welcome everyone at, uh, and the exciting beginning of Hispanic Heritage Month. So thanks for all the, the great things I've seen going on around the county. County Auditor? No. Senator Geller, then Senator Rich, then uh, me. Uh, uh, oh, Drew, you got anything? Sure, sir. Okay, you can you can talk a 501. Uh, excuse me. <laughs> Number one, while Commissioner Burr was talking about going crazy, I happen to note there's another plane carrying Texas migrants now to Biden's beach house in Delaware. But Commissioner Furr, my question to you is we have briefly discussed the ILA very briefly at the SFRPC meeting, and I've had a little opportunity to talk about it a little further. If I'm correct, this basically would set up another MPO where the county would once again be, I think we would have, be one of 10 votes on it for some things. And uh, you, you might. I wouldn't put it in that same category. Okay. Because MPOs are, are you know, they are throughout the entire country and they are a mechanism mm -hmm. that is used for funding for federal money throughout the throughout the country, this is this is very different from that. This is a the point that I was making is I'm not sure I would be very concerned about the county signing on to something where, you know, we will be on a regular basis outvoted by the cities, which I think is what the if I read it. Correctly as well. It, it, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't look at it that way. Okay. Uh, so, the, so let's see. And, 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 I'll, and I'll, I'll put all that forth on October. Okay. 11. October eleventh is coming. Senator Rich. Yeah, I just want to mention. I'm. I'm really proud of our libraries. Last uh, a weekend before this, we had a, one of our community ID, uh, you know, events at the Southwest Regional Library, and I happened to take a picture of this because my daughter is a librarian in San Francisco, and I wanted to know if they were having the same thing that we're having here. And apparently, it ha they're not. <laughs> but uh, I have to say, the library took a, 
because it, it's American Library Association Banned Books Week, so they had a display up and they had uh, the, the covers of, of many, many of the books that have been banned in different libraries and different places around the country. And then they had a poster which listed a whole thing and I stood there and I thought I went through, I went through all my English classes from yep. when I grew up. Always funny. This, is, this is how I felt when I read this banned books. Okay, Adventures of Huckleberry Finn, An American Tragedy. This is my kids' levels. Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. That's a Judy Bloom book, all of her books. The Call of the Wild, The Catcher in the Rye, A Farewell to Arms, For Whom the Bell Tolls, Gone with the Wind, uh, Of Mice and Men, To Kill a Mockingbird, uh, Diary of Anne Frank, and it goes on and on and on. And what they're saying is, what, what Commissioner Furr alluded to, is a parent comes in and just says, I don't want my child reading that book. I want that book off the shelf. And they take it off the shelf. I mean, very, what world very are sad we in? This is very scary and very sad. And yep. we need to, I'm just really proud. They also had actually DVDs of some of the books. They had The Great Gatsby and Of Mice and Men on the table, the DVD, because those are banned also. And you can't rent those from the libraries either. I mean, this is, it's just totally out of hand. And we, we just cannot allow this to happen in our community. Thank you. Um, my comments, uh, and just briefly because everything's been said, just want to wish everybody that celebrates a happy holiday, happy new year, easy fast. I think we're, we're not back till after that. Just want to thank the airport and the seaport for some great stuff that they've been doing. I mean, the 9-11 event that they did was very well attended and obviously very meaningful to the airport community. Uh, the honor flight that came back Saturday night, if you guys really try and get to one of these in the future, it's so unbelievable. And when you see the rest of the airport that has no clue what's going on, and then they start to see it and everyone just stops, it's, it's really meaningful and important. Um, I know that Senator Geller, I, and Commissioner Furr, we were at the Association of Counties uh, and, and the board of directors meeting. So, you know, a lot going on in Broward County had some issues that Senator Geller very passionately brought forward and, and got approved by the legislative group and, and, and they'll be part of the platform. And uh, the, uh, from the seaport, I know they just brought down Princess Cruises who was gonna home port one of their ships there. I couldn't make that, that because I was down at the county, but there's a lot of good stuff happening in Broward County and, and we're seeing that. We saw it with Visit Lauderdale when they came and met, made their presentations. We're a pretty hot destination and we're a, 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 a good place for businesses that are starting to see in Southeast Florida, we become an important business hub. That's it, that's all I got. It's 102, so we're like really done now. 501, we're back. Uh, and we will have a public meeting at 5.01. See you then.
Dah